to Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode 104. Look at Christian. Look at his big brown The thing in his face. <laughs> I'm blowing my nose. The guy starts the show on me. <laughs> I told you I was starting the recording. How can I hold it up once it started? I'm not that powerful. I'm not the all-powerful uh, C. I don't control the, the fucking... <laughs> I have editing capabilities, though. Oh, you're gonna edit yourself up. You're gonna but I, what, okay. What could you I'll put up to in. your face? Put in a Tim Hortons coffee instead, just for a second. See, here's mine. <laughs> just get a I coffee. I like this. Cup. I can I can finally look at my face while we record. Hey, stop covering my face. Oh, <laughs> oh that was weird looking too. Yeah. Because of the background, it looked like it was fake. Oh, look at. <laughs> looks looks like he has webbed fingers there. Do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's got skin between his fingers. He's got web fingers. Oh, wow, look at that. Yep, that's pretty wild. And oh, it's perfect. Weird. It's perfect because he's covering his own face. It works fucking beautifully. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I know. So now if I ever do that, I got to sit like this on the whole the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. This is a cool new feature. Holy shit. Two girls, one C. Two girls, one city, right there. <laughs> You're on top of it. <laughs> You're on top of it, man. You know, I'm going to give you props just because uh, just because somebody me- messaged something today about it. Somebody, I think it was Adolfo, put something up on the newest show. And it's a little long, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to put C over right now. Just because as long as we're talking about his tech work and everything else, this is what he says. Adolfo c- commented on 103, which recently dropped. Another great show, fellas. I really love B breaking down under the skin for everyone. So there you go. You get props to B. Um, I really loved it the first watch, and nothing changed this watch for the show. Something else. I never mentioned the visual editing C did for the video version of the show before, but yes, the pin two on the move poster, the intruder, <laughs> <laughs> the intruder cover featured on Fangoria popping up, and even pin fading into Christian's face was hilarious and should continue to be present in the video version of the show. Man, imagine that next episode he's pinned the whole time. <laughs> I didn't even I know he did about that. that. I forgot I did that. Well, I, in the show, I'm like, watch, I'm going to turn into pin. And then as I was editing it, I'm like, oh shit, I got to actually turn into pin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wanted to be there during the editing process when you said, oh shit, I got to turn into pin. <laughs> yeah, I should have put that in. Because I filmed myself 24 7, so I could just edit aspects of my life into the show. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Okay, well, there's more. Um, what's he say? Uh, da, 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 da. Intruder, pin. We're watching the video version of the show, so keep up the great work. Even the don't eat the brown pads quote inserted into the video of episode 103 reinforced the comedic gold. LOL. I will admit back in the day, I couldn't be hyped for a review of the craft, but damn, I am with Dave this viewing. Oh, okay, there's props for me too. I, I legit didn't. I just read this an hour ago when I woke up. It's been a while since I've seen this one. And this time around, it felt like seeing it for the first time. And I enjoyed the elements that made it a classic. I am not high on it as Z, but can appreciate all the love he gives it. Your review and the debate shed some new light on the story for me. I got to agree with Travis Maxwell Boone. Maxwell, not Maxwell. Sorry, I always say that. On this one, exploding heads fucking rule. Love you guys and keep up the great work. Cheers. So there you go. Nice. Someone else raved about your your passion for the film. I got to hand it to you. you. You have passion, and that passion came through. That's what made me feel like a heel. I was a heel in that review because I just shut down. But 
You were a heel because you made me play the heel, even though I liked the movie. I was like, she's not going to argue it. I'll argue it, even though I like it. Yeah, see, so of course B had to be. It could have been. A, it could have been a relaxed show, but because you stated your opinion at the very beginning or prior he's to watching, like, he's like, "Fuck this movie next," and I'm just like, "What? <laughs> we gotta argue this for an hour." We never fucked the movie next, but I, I did. I, I kind of like just closed down. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something else I thought. I just I did not mention this on the show about the craft, and oh. I was. Well, I wanted to I wanted to simply put up a picture. Um, it's one of my favorite shots of the film. It's when they're walking down the hallway, and then Nancy gives. It's when they're all done up and they're all dolled up and they're all happy. They just got their powers and they're doing all. This. So I wanted to put up a picture underneath that because I just like that picture and I wanted to say something about. it. I go, well, Nancy thanks you or something. I was gonna say and I was gonna put that. She looks just stunning in that shot and I wanted to put it up there. So I googled the craft. Um, hallway walking scene or something or other. And then I realized that they did that second shot to show the night and day difference between an earlier shot they did of the film. Earlier on in the movie, when Nancy is walking, I don't know if you can recall, but she's holding her books and her hair's pulled in front of her face and she has a pissed off look. And the other two girls are walking with her. They're all walking down the hallway. It's in the beginning because the kids make fun of her. They go, oh, wait a minute. They go, witches or whatever the fuck they say. So yeah. the fact that they had that early shot of those three walking down the hall then, then later on in the film, they show them all cock of the walk, all happy, walking down the hallway. Blowing. Cock what? of the walk? What? Cock of the walk. <laughs> There's another shirt. Cock of the walk, yeah. Cock of the walk, coming on episode 110. <laughs> 110. Yeah, you guys it's missed that one. Have. I don't know, you got to get on yeah, we got to get on the shirts and then see what they want. You're right. But anyway, I thought that was such a smart choice to use, them walking earlier and then them coming back. And I never realized it watching the movie until I did the Google search for the images. I'm like, wow, one more thing about the movie that I thought was clever. So I had to put that over. I, I had to mention that. In the end, there was something else about the craft. But, oh, well, oh Heathers. Heathers ripped it off intentionally. There's, there's a hallway scene in Heather's with them walking down the hall together. And it was made to, it was made to mimic the craft because they were, they were attributing the craft. Same thing. Girl, girls. Has, I thought Heather's a, came, a lot of, Heather's a lot of came out way before the craft. Oh, wait a minute. Heather's came out in the 80s. In the 80s. Oh, maybe that's the right. The other way around. Then maybe the, the craft, craft was tripping Heather's. That's it. I got to drop my rating. <laughs> well, either way, because I've never seen Heather's. So I, what do I know? I keep saying I'm gonna watch it one of these days. I just yeah, think eighty. Oh wait a minute, seven eighty nine. It's not. Right. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! It's not fucking Heather's. It's the movie the I confuse. I confuse it with Heather's. Jawbreaker came out a few years Heathers? later after the craft. No, no, no. Jawbreaker came out after the craft, and they tributed the craft by doing the walking down the hallway scene. There it is. Okay. So craft was the originator. Don't fuck with it. Nobody's ever walked down a hallway before the craft. No one's cocked the walk before? Cock the walk. Cock of the walk. You never heard that expression cock. before? The, the cock of the walk? No. What? Is, I... that for, is that for real, Dave? What, the guy just made that up all the time? Of course it's for real. Yeah. I've, I have no, I've never heard anyone in my entire 40 years say that. Are you kidding me? Cock, cock of the, the walk. walk. As a matter of fact, there's a restaurant called Cock of the Walk. It just came up. It was the first thing. That's how popular of a slogan this is. Cock of the Walk. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. But anyway, 
The cock of the walk idioms by free dictionary. Okay, see, so someone who dominates. Oh, this is this means something. One who is arrogant and narcissistic. Someone who acts more important than others in a group. So, cock of the walk. I agree, you're an idiom. <laughs> well, that's what it says. A conceited, bossy person. Since his last promotion, he's been acting like the cock of the walk. So there you go. The cock of the Actually, walk. Dave means- is the cock of the walk in this group. It says someone who dominates others within a group. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> cock of the walk. Well, they were the all cock- acting like the cock of the walk to you too, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> The bell of the ball. Cock of the walk, because they were all like... Yeah, the bell of the ball, the cock of the walk. (laughs) Just like top of the the pops. You didn't know what that meant, and I had to, 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 you know... Top of the pops? I know top of the mops. Well, that's why I said (laughs) top of the mops, because... (laughs) Top of the mops derived from top of the pops, because I was saying something on that show. I go, he's had to, like, all of a sudden, they're top of the pops. And you thought it was funny, and then later on it became top of the mops, but... Somehow I'm tied into all those old phrases. I don't know how. You are, yeah. You know all these weird phrases. Weird, isn't it? Well, because you know what? Fuck new phrases. How's that? (laughs) They suck. They're they're not going to last. New phrases is like 90s horror to Dave. Well, what do you mean? It's true. I don't don't even know any new phrases. You're making me the heel of 90s horror? No, well, no, just because you you announced it. You know what? I actually did a list. Remember how when we came up with the top... Uh, 100. Remember, remember four shows back, we came up with that massive <laughs> remember, list. Remember five weeks ago? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> well, that's it's true, though. Me and Brandon, huh? I don't yeah, know. We really don't. So, we made the list up and we said we we're going to go back and start doing other decades. So, I actually took a swing at the 70s. 70s was difficult because there's a lot of movies that I had to throw on there that I like, I'm going by like what is universally accepted that maybe I haven't seen yet. Some old hammer or newer hammer, I guess, in that regard. Uh, 80s was easy. 90s, I had 101 movies. But that included things like um, Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Or Prophecy 2 to round <laughs> out. Yeah, you know, like they're there. So I will have to give it a, a final uh, go through. But I've got 100 films from the 90s. That I, I would could appreciate it if instead of calling it your top 100, if you call it your top 100. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're gonna get a hundred great movies from the nineties, you're telling me? No, he has the problem. Top one hundred. That's it. It's a top one hundred. You gotta you're dealt you're dealt a hand, you gotta use what you've got, right? Well, here's what I suggest you do. Go back and listen to last year's episodes of, of Duncan's show, the summer series of Teapots, when because we took every year, nineteen ninety through ninety-nine, and every year everybody brought Long story short, but at the end of the, each episode, we we discussed ten movies of that decade. So that's a good jumping off point. You can hear things you may not have heard before, etc. And you know, we could talk about movies that didn't make the cut that we were going to bring in. So we literally probably, if you look at the series, you probably you probably hear about you know a hundred movies plus another you know twenty something. I'm just saying it's it's a, it's a quick reference instead of just googling. 100 movies of the 90s, because you know how it is with podcasts. When you Google movies of something, not everything comes up. Like, I was trying to do that I thing know. from 1980, sure. right? Because Marco put that thing on the page. Was it Marco or was it James? Either way, somebody put it on the page, and they said top 10 movies of the 80s. So, you know, I, I Googled it. top 10 movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. You know I'm joking. Sing a song quick, Dave. <laughs> 
<laughs> sing, sing a song. Make it simple to last the whole show long. Don't worry that it's not good enough for anyone else to hear. But sing, sing a song. There you go. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> you said sing a quota song. Filled. I sing a song. Yeah, quota <laughs> filled. Whew, it wasn't the best singing, but hey. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I got you off track, but I didn't. I insulted uh, our friends, so. <laughs> That's okay. We, we don't need to be that. Right. We don't need to be on track. We should, I guess, address this thing that's been going on with the officially now. We mentioned it at the beginning of our last show, but maybe we should tell the patrons uh, how we how we're going to proceed with all everybody's picks coming in. You know, in this case, they're not on the page or don't read it here. Or, you know what I mean? Just to be official, okay. because we kind of came up with like an official thing. Because here's the thing. We're so happy because so many people have signed up, and it's all the right people because everybody's really cool, and we all have a good time on the page and at Patreon and everything. And here, you know what I mean? It's awesome. But we have got a lot more coming in for reviews than we initially anticipated, and it's great. It's it's not a complaint. However, there's only room for so many per month. So what we've decided is beginning on the first of every month, that's when you put it in for the next month. So May 1st is coming. When May 1st comes in, Just put in tip. for June. Just a tip. <laughs> <laughs> put it in. Um, because we didn't realize that we were going to make this move, we already had the first show of May already planned out. But then more were coming in. We go, we got to figure something out here before it gets out of control because we don't want this to turn into something where, you know, we we, we don't want to do on a regular basis more than three movies a show. It, it just... You guys, nobody would want that. We wouldn't want it. You guys wouldn't like what we're doing. There's less room for us to bullshit and everything else, and it wouldn't be as fun. So we, we, we decided to cap it off at three. Three a show, unless it's a situation where we're doing a franchise and it's a four or whatever. But or I mean, more, yeah. yeah, ordinarily. Well, even if it's more, I don't think we're going to do that. Like, I think if we have a franchise that's eight movies, we're just going to cut it in half or whatever. You're right, though. You never know. But so what we're going to do is, we're going to have everything come in uh, on the first of each month, and whoever puts them in, it, it'll be first come, first serve. We'll go on. We, we plan to do three movies a show, because that's what we have to do now, three shows a month, no more than that, <laughs> and uh, that's basically it. Now, maybe you guys can jump in, because there, there, there's some caveats, and I'm trying to remember everything, because I know we discussed it. I think I thought we, we discussed it last show. We actually, it's in it's in episode 103. We said something. And then I think we, we put it on the page and people chimed in and it seems to be well received yeah. from what I, I think what basically I saw. what it comes down to is in the future, we will take your money and not cover <laughs> any of the movies you pick. <laughs> well, listen, we waited out in discussion. We didn't have any of this stuff finalized last month. Last show. If we don't chime in. <laughs> <laughs> because what I wanted to say is we were talking about it and we were saying, we have to we have to make sure that there's one show per month that is just the feature review people. That yeah. like if somebody because because we we decide you know preference has to be if somebody is gonna put big bucks down for a, a franchise we're gonna have to do it and I have to do it on the first of the month because there's only so much room. So if one guy does a franchise and it happens to be you know eight movies and then another guy does a trilogy, well then now now we have a quandary. So we have to make it where it's fair and the people that are just doing <laughs> one feature review and okay let you know push back a month so we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we have one show a month that's just for the feature reviews so three individual reviews from three different people uh so of course you know there's the other options out there with the double features and everything else but 
We just want to make sure that you guys know everything will be covered. We will figure out a way to do it. And nobody, right. And I don't think it would be, I don't think anybody should be pushed off two months in a row. So if somebody's pushed off once, one month, then by, by next month, by default, they get a spot. They can't, you cannot have your pick two months in a row. I mean, there's, we don't have that many people. I mean, we have a lot and we're happy for it, but I mean, there's no reason, unless it's some like ridiculous thing where it's a real long franchise and something else, but it, it is what it is. So. And we said it, and, and I guess we'll reiterate, we're going to make, we'll make it work. Yeah. Uh, we'll work out the details of that and how we have to do it, but we're going to make it work. And, and double features. Um, Chris, AKA Scott has come up with an idea. He, he asked us, Hey, he goes, listen, I was looking at the top 100 list. How can I put a, together my own double feature based on movies from that list? And I'm like, well, well, what's the, what, what is the double feature? Cause you know, we want to make sure it's mad. And he says, clown and terrified. Terrifier, excuse me, Terrifier. Yeah. Two movies about clowns. Okay, great, why not? So we're accepting that, so he's going to bump up to the, the next level and do a double feature and pick two off of that list. So I guess somebody, if they wanted to do, throw something together, now that we've done that, that's okay, you know? If you want to come up with your own, as long as it's off, huh? They could be crafty with it. Yeah, she's crafty. She gets around. Yeah, she should be crafty. She's Damn all that that. Can we stop talking <laughs> about craft? <laughs> well, no, he wanted to do the craft and the witch. So now, now we're gonna have to do it because they're about witches. <laughs> and we will, we will not repeat a review unless, unless it happens to be for a franchise show. Like if somebody asks us to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think it would be kind of lame if we just put our old Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I believe. Yeah, we'll just show. do a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that would be the only repeat we would possibly ever have to do. Thinking about it, you're right because we did the psycho sequels already. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the only review. Maybe uh, Amityville, but we're never doing that. That's that franchise doesn't really exist in a uh, Hellraiser, but but we would never do. I mean, not that we wouldn't do, but if somebody picked Hellraiser, we've already done the first three, so they'll never say never. They would have to pick four on. I wouldn't recover one. I agree with that. That's too many. But if somebody said here. I want to propose to you. Here's two hundred dollars. Do the Amityville series. I think we would do it. Amityville. We would do okay. it. I just. It's two hundred dollars. It's such a bizarre. It's it, it doesn't even really flow. It's like you just throw the title on it though. You're right. There's no sense I, to. We'd have to figure out what was canon. We'd have to go and research it. We can't just have any because the, the three of us, our movie could be called Exploding Heads Amityville if you wanted it to. So that doesn't count. <laughs> It's got to be something somewhat canon. You know canon what I mean? Cannon fodder? Cannon fodder. Cannon fodder, yes. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind talking about the last couple that came out. The Amityville Murders and the other one that What's-Her-Name-Was-In-Jennifer-Jason-Lee and um, the other prequel. Whatever the hell. There's a little intrigue there to talk about fucking Dollhouse, and, which isn't a bad movie. We discussed it on 22 Shots for one of those years, remember? Yeah, Dollhouse, Dollhouse is better than some of the ones that came out. Yeah. Dollhouse yeah. is better than Bloodline. Oh, wrong franchise. <laughs> so anyway, the bottom line is we're going to get the picks done. We're going to figure out. What was that? That's a joke. No. <laughs> I know I have more stuff. I know I have more I have more notes and things, but Can you, we'll get Would we'll, you mind we'll deleting those? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it in between the reviews because we can't just say that's what it is. If we ever had four reviews. 
There'd be no, none of this shit at all. We would come on, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom, review, 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 peace out. And I don't think people want that out of our show. I know we don't want that out of the show. I mean, a franchise is one thing. It's a focus. But I mean. Wait, I, w- I want out of the show. I <laughs> know you don't. Now you don't. The patrons. Oh, and what, speaking of the patrons. No, I'll save that. I'll save that for in-betweens. Okay. So tonight. <laughs> go ahead, see. I know you're I know you're chomping. I was, I was going to make a joke about we have a guest a guest spot tonight. We have Brandon's hair guesting on the show tonight, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. B. I love it. I look like a fucking I love clown. It. I look like a clown. Look at that. You look like you look like Gary Oldman in Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's exactly what. Dude, I need I need the economy to open. I don't care. I don't care if another hundred thousand people die in my state. I need a haircut. Do they still make the floby? The floby? I don't think so. My dad wants to get a floby. No, I I don't. You don't remember that thing they put on your hair? It was like a, it was like an infomercial late at night. It was something a lot. They put a lot of people. Here. A lot of people are still using them. Are, are using them me? now? Yeah. Works. Tell me that yeah. works. I didn't know. I, I had no idea that it worked. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was trying to look up this girl because I wanted B to do that face they did the last show or two shows ago, where he looked like that that girl Muppet Mouth from from uh you know Friday Seven. <laughs> Ghoulie but, Muppet Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't find I, 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 I can't find her picture. I wanted you to do the face and do the comparison. Now with the hair even longer, you might look just like her. But I don't know. I like her. I always liked her. Oh, yeah, she is pretty. I'm just joking about the Muppet Mouth thing. But, you know, she's okay. Isn't that what you were doing? <laughs> I don't even remember what I was doing. I think we're getting, uh, like, Hell's Angels coming down our street again. Give me one really? second. Uh-oh, look at this guy. We're going to have to do Muppet Mouth. Okay, B, as long as we're going to do this, let's let's find Muppet Mouth. What's her name in the movie? Robin? It's Elizabeth Caitlin, I think, is her real name. Catan, I think. Catan? Yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't find her. You can't find her. There's no... You have... You, if you, go, like, go to her, uh, like, the IMDB and then look at pictures of her, they're not there. The only way to get a picture of her is to make... Well, I know how to do it. You just go to Google and you type it in. New Blood Robin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know how to get an image. You go to Google, you type it in, you hit images. What an idiot I am. But I don't think you looked like her just now. And I, it might have been a one-time thing. I, I don't even know how you made that face. But at that moment, that day, you looked like her with the mouth and everything. But anyway. It's so weird. This is like in the last week. I call any bike any in a gang uh, driving motorcycles more than like three people to Hell's Angels. They're not the Hell's Angels. But for the second time in the last two weeks, there's been like a convoy of uh, of motorcycles That's that are coming through Saints. a subdivision. Purgatory Saints. <laughs> it's Sons of Anarchy. They're coming in. They're invading Canada now. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> a big biker gang in Canada. Are there, are there a lot of biker gangs in Canada? There's a lot of know. choir gangs. Yeah, choir, yeah. They all sing <laughs> on, the, on the bikes. Son of a bitch. Okay, let me go back to the choir. Frere Jaca, Frere Jaca. Dorme Vivu. Dorme Nobody knows the French don't know the rest. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute now. I, I got to thinking about this, and I was gonna come prepared, but I didn't. I should have done some Google or, or some YouTube searching for uh, um 
Canadian commercials in the 1980s to you back this up. Search for them. You go but, on Google. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking here? Google. I wish there was some sort of place where I could just put the information in and ask and, and, and receive a bunch of answers. <laughs> I'll ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to going to the B. I'll ask Jeeves. Oh, shit. Oh, man. What do they call you around here, Jeeves the old boy? <laughs> anybody anybody what movie <sighs> it's not the one we're doing tonight it is a fucking movie we're doing tonight that's why i, I thought for sure somebody Shine. would know yes what do they call you around here jeeves the old boy uh grady sir delbert grady so yeah um five out of ten okay stop um <laughs> for that scene <laughs> that scene's incredible okay hold on let's just incredible let me scale it back that's the bathroom scene what do you mean? That is an incredible scene. Okay, let's let's scale back. Okay, Ontario Place. There used to be a commercial in the 80s, and we'll go, Ontario Place, happy together. That's what I'm saying. It was like a, a It's choir. called a jingle. Everything has a jingle. Yeah, but, but the way they happiness, sing. there's marine land. Well, that sounds fine. Yeah, I know marine land. Yes. Yeah. Remember that commercial? Oh no, that that was African Lion Safari. Remember that one? Down the street. That's like a half an hour. Yeah. It goes. African Lion Safari. And there was something. Come to come to Ghana, dance with me. I need some shoes, please, please, please. You need oh, some shoes. <laughs> I don't know. Did you say help, that though? Help me get tonight's dinner. Shoes, not chicken. Jews. Oh. Shoes. <laughs> okay, that's what I legit thought he said. I need. I need a pair of shoes. Please. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. No, I lost the show. Ooga booga over here. Fuck it up. It's a jingle. That's a different. If it's a place and it's a jingle, that that's different oh. from a commercial with people singing. That's what I'm trying to say. Marine Land would be. Everyone loves Marine Land. It's a regular sounding song. But there were these Canadian commercials like Ontario Place. Ontario Place. Happy together. Nobody had commercials. (laughs) About our culture than we do. He's lived on Canadian TV. It's this is true, but it's a jingle. It's different from like just going, I'm using zest fully clean. I am zest fully clean. <laughs> it is different, yes. But well, only in Canada. I'm, I'm, from... I'm usually zest fully clean, using zest fully clean. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said I'm using it. I'm using zest. I don't even remember. <laughs> it was almost as bad as, as him. A dead person is a is, no, a ghost is the person that used to live and is, is now dead. <laughs> Or, or a person that once walked the earth and is now dead. That was dead. That that used to walk <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I want to get into these movies. I don't I'll care about it. Canadian culture. Okay. Oh, <laughs> but culture. One, one more thing about Canada. Did you know Bob Clark is not Canadian? All these Bob years you were wrong. Bob Clark is not Canadian. I happened to listen to a podcast the other day. They were talking about Bob Clark. And all these movies. And so Bob Clark is actually American. He just went to Canada and got some type of temporary citizenship so be, because of the, the – so we could film there. Back, and, and, back, uh, yeah. He was born so, in Louisiana. So he is no Canadian hero. So now – But he got Canadian citizenship. Citizenship. 
Yeah, but uh, but the I guess I I don't know if I've ever argued. I guess maybe I have said he's Canadian. Yeah, Not everything good is Canadian, Christian. Have we? Have I said that? Ontario. Although although anybody who's watched the history of horror, Eli Ross' history of horror, you've got to be upset that they do not mention either there's more parts that I've not seen. Have they finished this? Is it done? Because there's seven so. episodes. There's seven episodes, right? So there's no mention of David Cronenberg, which is blasphemy. Blasphemy. You can't have a history of horror not mention David Cronenberg's name. And I don't I even agree. know. I, I Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even know if he mentions Dario Argento. You're wrong. I don't wrong. even know if they talk about Jalos. I don't think they talk Jalos. They talk slashers. I don't think they talk Jalos. Do they talk Italian horror? No, but you get like maybe oh. they touch on it. No, because they have Bay of Blood. One. They show. They I'm back. pretty sure they show scenes of Bay of Blood. Well, in a slasher show, sure, because that's an influence. But do they talk about Suspiria and opera? Yeah. And, and and do they talk about Blood and Black Lace? And, no, you I'm, know, I'm trying beyond. to think if they show. I know it's not, but I'm saying, does it come up <laughs> at, at some point? They might. Who so knows? Maybe they'll come back with a season two. Why are you just assuming that these seven episodes are just? All the history of horror. Even if they don't come back, they just didn't have time to cover everything. No, Including your precious Cronin turd. No, it, blasphemy. It well, why not blast. foreign? Why not foreign horror? Why don't did they not have an episode I, about I talk foreign about horror? Japanese ghosts? Oh, I they do. We now call it international, not foreign. Oh, Scott, sorry. Better, <laughs> yeah. better with PC over here. <laughs> oh, it's a yeah. Me Too movie. It, yeah. Anyway, that's my only quibble because the show itself is so well produced. It's really fun to watch. But I, I went through it and go, what the fuck? What? Something's yeah. amiss. Something is amiss. Well, let's let's remake it. Exploding Heads History of Horror. Oh, It'll be God. movie Here number we go. four. <laughs> number five. Number four <laughs> is our. Surprisingly, Archie Eli Roth is nowhere to be found in it. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> hostile. We don't talk. Uh, anyway, I watched. I I watched. Um, Frozen again, and and it should have been uh, on my list. My just top one. Just let it go. I, I told you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just let it go. Yeah, Elsa's, ter- Elsa's terrific in that. That was a good joke, though. <laughs> that was a good joke. Oh, dude, it is great, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's a great. It, yeah, I think it's his best it's, film, actually. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It's his best film. There's no question about it. Yep. I disagree. Do you? I like Frozen, but I, I think Digging Up the Marrow is my broke favorite. broke up on my end there. Digging Up the yeah. Marrow is my favorite of his. Oh, I won't watch Digging Up Romero. So I, I hear you. Digging Up Romero. <laughs> that could be our sixth movie, Digging Up Romero. Obsessed zombie, guys. You and the body horror. You got to get over your fear of body horror. It's not body oh. horror. Don't you? No, 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 no. It's not body horror. They show pictures of actual um, deformed people. I've heard. Body horror. It's not body horror. That's just real life fucking things that are. And you're scared of it, body horror. Yeah, no, I guess. But sensitive. You're scared of the Sentinel, and that's not real. That's not really yes, a bald chinian guy. Yes, it is. It is a bald chin. That's okay, why we'll watch it again. Yes. Oh, it's just like under the skin. They cast real people. About it. This was a controversy a guy... for the film. For the yes. Sentinel. Yes, for the yeah. Sentinel. The people that you see at the end, not all of Vulture. them. Yeah, different people that have different physical um, issues. Yes, they put. There's they cast really a bald chinian. I thought it was a makeup guy. I, maybe that <laughs> one in particular black. could be. <laughs> but in the Sentinel, it's real. Sorry, sorry, Dave, for talking over you there, but I just can't believe no. it's stupidity. 
I <laughs> listen. I'm confused. We'll just let the silence there take that joke away. <laughs> Wash I'm away really that con- turd of a joke. Like your shirt joke last episode. What's I'm confused, joke? man. Short. Damn it. Short. I had what no idea. Ball Ch- I had no I- idea. Balchinian was real. I thought that was, or that scene had real freaks in it. What are you confused about? The Sentinel. I had no idea that scene had. Uh... No, Dave. Dave, not you. I think Dave. he's looking it up to just confirm it. I believe you. I don't remember. No, the Sentinel I don't we even want to like... know. Forget it. The Sentinel we did so long ago. I didn't realize we talked about that. We might have. Hell, I might have been the one to bring it up. I don't remember. <laughs> like Dave had a problem with the end. Too hard to watch. Yeah, no, but yeah, I just I thought don't. that was because of like you know the effects when they do fake body horror effects. No, that that was for real. I think there was a combo. But they used a lot of uh, real deformed deformities. Wow, I I I had no recollection of this, but that's the cool. weird part of it is that they cut the re- deformities off of the people and then they put them on as prosthetics on other actors. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't agree with that part. I want to wear Christian's balls as oh. earrings in our horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ball earrings. I don't think we'll capture them on film. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, we're good. I, I I don't know, but that's what I heard. That's something going on with that, and it's, so that's not body horror. I mean, body horror like Cronenberg stuff it, it, and things invading your own body as as a fictional story does make me uncomfortable, but I'll still watch it. But I don't want to look at that. That's not body horror when you look at somebody that has that has a real life deformity. That's not body horror. That's I don't know what it is. It's just real life. That's you know what I mean? Look. So that's why I don't want to watch Digging Up the Merrill. Straight up. I, I don't want to see pictures. They, they, they pass them off as monsters in that movie, apparently. They show pictures. They go, look at these people. And I'm not saying they're being exploitive. I'm just saying that I don't want to see pictures of real-life cases. It, it, it fucks me up. I wish it didn't. <laughs> I wish it didn't. I, I, wish I, I can't I, look at it. I, I wish it didn't bother me. Believe me, it's a it's fucking plagued me my entire life. So <laughs> it's fucked up. I wish it didn't. You know, <laughs> but anyway. I and I always get accused of, of of rushing the show along. But we've got a big, a fairly big show yeah. here. We're already half an hour in. We've got three movies. We gotta go. As yeah, we, we got three. Saying earlier, we got three. We got Killer Workout. Uh, let's tell you who they're from. I'll do that at least. Well, we got Killer Workout, and then we have the uh, the double feature of The Shining and Doctor Sleep. And I'm yeah. real fucking excited. Real excited about this. Uh, anyone that knows my feelings on The Shining, I mean, I'm gonna. And I'll try to be quiet to a degree, but um, Killer Workout doubt comes from George. It. Yeah, I'll try though. Uh, Killer Workout is from George, and The Shining and Doctor Sleep from our homie TMB. So Travis Maxwell Boone, and check out his podcast. I mentioned it last show, but yes. Yeah. Oh damn it! I forgot to listen to that freaking thing. Still, son of a bitch! I forgot to do that, and I did. I forgot something else, and I'll tell you at the end of this review because we got too much. So. Well, we Kill- gotta do Killer Workout first because I think it only makes sense to do Shining and uh, and Doctor Sleep back to back. I can dig it. Yeah, Killer Workout. Oh, does it? This was selected from George. This one came off of the slasher list because it was my number. I'll look it up exactly. I think yeah, it was thanks like for that, Dave. Thanks for that. You're so welcome. It <laughs> yeah, was my number forty-seven or something. Uh, thanks <laughs> for having shitty taste in slashers. <laughs> oh, look who's talking. Two. <laughs> look, no, look who's talking too. Yeah. God, you <laughs> On the move. <laughs> All right, I'll introduce the Killer Workout from 1987, written and directed by David A. Pryor. Two years ago, a young woman named Valerie was burned after entering a tanning salon. 
Now her twin sister, Rhonda, runs a local gym where all of a sudden people are being murdered. Wait a minute. Could you say that again? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I want to know. Please, because there's something I didn't know that you said in, the, in that thing. Go ahead, please. What, the twin sister part? Yes. Yeah, that's how that's how they write it up on here. So is there a twin sister? This is news no. to me. No, there's no twin sister, but that's how they describe it on, on IMDb. Uh, well, okay, that's a wrong description. Right, that's why I said, hold on a minute. What movie are you talking about? Twins? What is this, the fucking Shining? Twin sisters? They're not even this twins. Is the initiation <laughs> from last week? This is killer workout, <laughs> and they even reference, Rhonda even referenced that uh, she's her sister, Valerie, in the movie. Oh, oh. So that's well, why that they describe it like this. They that's a, that's a take it up with the B. That's a reveal. Yeah. This okay, is like a, this go. is like a trivia moment right here. Oh, I got <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, I'm sorry. Side note, I don't care because this is going to come up before the trivia. So, Brandon, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. You can say There's it. one question about Friday the 13th. It was I know where they were going with it. It was uh, uh oh, give me- besides Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. I'm Pamela. <laughs> Wait a minute. He <laughs> was considered for Friday. I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Besides oh, Pamela Voorhees, what <laughs> other what other death was by Machete in Friday the Thirteenth? Okay, let me ask you. Hold on, let me answer the question. Besides Pamela Voorhees, what other death by Machete was a snake? I guess. Okay, so that was the official answer, but I said Claudette. Oh, you're right. There was a Machete with Claudette, wasn't it? You, well, we don't know on screen. She screams. She just goes like that. But there is that publicity still that shows about a machete the against her head. He yeah, was, what about the guy? Uh, he was stabbed. In, yeah. Uh, he was stabbed with a hunting knife, I guess. But I swear that it was a machete that they show in the publicity scene. It never made it into the movie, though. So oh. the snake was the right answer, which I didn't get correct because I said Claudette. That's true. You got it wrong. I could see it from both ends because, I mean, I thought machete, but then I forgot about Claudette because of... You know what, though? That's something to be. I know. Yeah. But still, that's, that's the problem with these trivia. Cliffhanger yeah. for the show and who won and and why this is such a fucking controversy. But that's fine. We'll leave it till later. That's okay. Your, your, match, match, that, your match wasn't even controversial. Yeah, I know. This is the, <laughs> one, I know Dave, one out of 20. Dave, with it being Friday the 13th, would, would see it my way if I explained it. Yeah, of course I do. If I, if I was one of the judges, I would have said, hold up, let me stop and watch the shot of the film for a second and, and, and give a second opinion because we may have a discrepancy here because that's a legit, you know, you know what I mean? Judges, you got to have judges. I'm sorry. If what are we, fucking tip- Jeopardy? Judges, discrepancies? Hold on a minute? Nah. We well, don't. if you have a comp, well, that's why you don't do it because then you got to deal with fucking shit like this. And that's why I, I didn't take part. That's right. Now, this show ain't coming out till May. This is the first show. Uh, this is the first show of May. We've, we've, we've filled our April quota. This is a May show. So by the time this show comes out, forget about it. Who knows what's going on with trivia? You realize May is only five days away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's true, but still. We're acting like but, it's the beginning of April. Well, because we're going to record another show before May. That's why I'm saying it. By, by, by the time May comes. Because today is the uh, Saturday the 25th, right? Yeah, so, next week will be May already. Oh, yeah, May the 2nd. Sorry. My mistake. Either way. I'm thinking May the about 2nd be with you. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, killer workout Sorry, was my side first. note. Yeah. Oh, good. It's a damn good side note. That fucking. I'm, I'm not listening to a single snippet of that fucking trivia because I know it's going to be loaded 
with absolute fucking nonsense and bullshit. And from what I've been hearing underground, it has. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll, so all right, you know what? Since, since I, I predicted was... it would be a fucking shit show, didn't I? Go ahead. Sorry. You, you've been rooting for it. Yeah. Uh, since Killer Workouts <laughs> IMDb um, uh, description wasn't good enough, let's read the Wikipedia. The story revolves around a Los Angeles fitness club owner, but owned by Rhonda Johnson, whose twin sister Valerie was burned in a tanning salon two years ago. <laughs> Detective Morgan begins to investigate the gym, and after several of its members are brutally murdered by an unknown attacker. What in the fuck? What's a terrible? I, they, they've always oh. they've always used that. Even though I'm you don't see, it. even though you don't beast. see Valerie's face. If they showed Valerie's face, then you can use it. But they you never show. Dude, you don't know Valerie exists for the last fucking 30 minutes of the movie. Or ever existed. Well, no, you know she exists. She went home. You never like hear Valerie, the name. You, you, got, you got the, the modeling job in uh, in France. She got the, the big modeling job in France. Yeah, I have no we, idea what you're talking about. Okay. Dude, it's the, it's the whole reason why she goes to the tanning salon. The guy, her agent calls her and be like, you got the, jo- the, the big modeling job. She's going to be the next superstar model in France. We need you there, you know on a plane tomorrow i told them you have a good tan i told oh, them you I have no idea yeah that's oh, really? why she went to exactly right in the i have opening. no recollection of that okay yeah, she listens right. to the answering machine yeah. that's okay. hilarious so yeah i didn't put much stock into that either but yeah okay they because they don't really show they don't really film that in a way that really makes it seem like i would if hey like you said i guess i'll reword this this is right for a remake because that really needs to be I said that too. I said that too. This is the perfect yes. film for a remake. Let's remake it. Because here's how we could do it. And we should call it. No, we can't. I say aerobicide is a better name. I, I don't know why they didn't end up going with it. Aerobicide is much fucking better. And, and, they, and they say it two or three times in this movie. Right? So here's how we can remake it. This could be part of Checkout. Because what we can do is we could have a, a, a business, right? That, 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 that you can shop at. It's like a shopping center. There's the one, there's a store here and next to the store. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Check out. There could be a kitchen. Combines everything. Yes. There <laughs> could be a kitchen inside of this um, aerobics place. You know what I mean? They also have dinner. It's like it's a, a brand new thing. It's state of the art. You can get it's a one stop shop. You can come here. You can work out, have a shower. When you're done, you can have a meal over here. You know what I mean? And, and then, then we can get all the kitchen kills that we want, and we can get the aerobic kills that we want. And then it works. It's, it's, like a big, it's like a big club. It's like a big club, you know, where you're, they have a You're missing center. the point of a remake and, and a slasher remake at that. It's two movies, though. I want to get two movies out of this. Combine them. <laughs> I don't think there's think enough. Back in the 80s. And there's an elf on the shelf doing all the killing. (laughs) Yeah, but there's not enough meat on the bone to make a really. But listen, there's not enough meat on the bone to make a really good movie. With with if you just remade Checkout and then remade Aerobicide, there's too much downtime. Now, if we combine Checkout and Aerobicide to one movie and and just have so many characters, now now you got a movie because we we complained about the shit. Combining it, I can see combining it, but I don't agree. That that this would be a down that there's too much downtime. I think there's too much downtime in this because there's no budget there. I think the the positives I have about Killer Workout, where I give it credit, is that a slasher film that actually tries to tell a good whodunit mystery story with a lot of background, and they actually develop the characters. And I appreciate the acting in this, even though it's bad. 
I feel like they I... were it's trying to make a good movie, even though, you know, it's cheesy and laughable at times. But I feel like they were genuinely trying to make a really good slasher film here. I, I agree with you. I think they yeah. actually were trying to make one with a decent enough detective story with yes. enough good red herrings. Like, they actually get this part right where you're almost like, why did they reveal the killer at the one hour mark? Why did they do that? We still have like 20 minutes of the movie left to only find out really they haven't. And they had 14 kills in this movie, yet nothing stands out. The That's times the they best. do use the time they do use blood, it's very dark. It's choppy and well, uh, that's kind of... that's the fault of the film. That's this movie. If if it was remastered and, and cleaned up and everything and and given you know like a shout factory, a screen factory, you know, release, it's a fucking. I'll tell you what. The Blu-ray is really bad. Okay, the copy that I the copy that's on Prime is really bad. The best way to watch this movie, sadly, is on YouTube. And I watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and that's only a notch better. But yeah, I, wa- I watched it on Prime because I needed the subtitles, even though I own the Blu-ray. But the Blu-ray the, is really shitty. It's fucking. I thought the Blu-ray looked slightly better, slightly better than Prime, but it doesn't look great. It's basically a knockoff, and the guy condemns it. The the, the makers of the film. It's some I don't know how it was done, but it's the only time I saw a movie. I use Blu-ray.com, right? The only time I saw a movie on Blu-ray.com that had a like a one or a 1.5 out of five for fucking audio for video quality. I was like, what the hell is this all about? I mean, they yeah. they tore it apart. I read up on it, so I think maybe this movie was cleaned up, you know. Yeah, but you know what it is the the method of kill that the the instrument of death, as I used when we were talking about the initiation, is so stupid in this. The the main one, the big. The big pin? Yeah. It would have been better if they used pin, a plastic nightmare. (laughs) Just use people to death with a a dummy. That's the problem. You get like five pin deaths, and they're all dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That pin is almost as bad as the giant Band-Aid in Dr. Giggles. You made that joke about the giant Band-Aid from Dr. Giggles when we did this on the Slasher Show. I I almost guarantee you did, because I remember you saying... I, I think so too, but that yep. band aid would have been great. I think so. <laughs> so that's too. what that's they should have used to cover up the wounds. <laughs> <laughs> you probably made that joke too. <laughs> I gotta go back and listen. <laughs> but Especially the, you, guy, the guy who got the pin right in the middle of the head. They should have put a big band aid around his head. The, the problem with it is it's padded with the 20 minute workout work scenes. Like there's literally like what, five or six scenes that are 30 seconds or more of and i know again they're trying to cater to instead of nudity which we do get you constantly get girls bending over and dancing and and that was filler that was was filler because you had about you had three five minute versions like three music videos cut in there yeah yeah but they're fun they're they're fun and the lyrics one would have been fun only you tonight only you tonight yeah i wrote that down only you tonight music video oh dude it's great if we I like, re- if we remade this, I would put Body Talk as a song and have it at the beginning, and that would be you, the that would be the one. <laughs> you fucking read my mind because I forgot to say it when I when I was gonna propose the idea of remaking both of these movies, I was gonna start singing Body Talk for the song that could be played in the thing. Son of a bitch! Wow, I'm glad you said it because I, I dropped it. I dropped the ball on that, and you, and you were there. Oh man, yeah, but it definitely. Would be, body it talk. would only be the beginning because you couldn't do so many of them now. People would be like, on you, like, they, they, but I think there is enough meat and potatoes here. I think they just need to up the kills and and uh, and, and flesh out, like, 
um, the backstory a bit more. Like you said, like I, would you tell me that? I'm like, oh, that's what that happened at the beginning. But I just thought some, someone burned and she was keeping it a secret. And, that, and now everything makes sense from the revelation. Yeah, yeah if you, but it's, it's the first very... thing she does. She walks into the apartment and plays the answer machine. That answer message like kind of sets up the whole movie. But when she goes into that tanning bed, there's no way she survived it. That thing exploded <laughs> at the end. Yeah, but that didn't make that. That's the one thing that always I've never understood that kill in the beginning of the movie. Why somebody goes into the tanning bed, lays down, and then for no reason things start happening and they can't get out. None of that made any sense to me about like that. Final Destination. It was Final. It destination. almost looks like she's you know, face down in it too. Face down, it almost ass seems, up. It all, yeah. <laughs> that's the way we let the. But it's it seems like she's face down in it, even though she's not. No, she why can't she, she flips over. She but could, why can't the she get in the out? back of her head. I know, but she flips over in the tanning bed. That's what I'm saying. I even made the joke. I'm like, you know, the, the I made the joke in the chat to Dave. I said the tanning bed explodes and she has a perfectly preserved face. Seventy percent of her body was burned, but she has a perfectly preserved face. I mean, it's kind of silly. It's uh, her attitude, Rhonda's attitude, the whole movie. She's just angry for no reason. They really kind of just jumped right into her being angry and hateful. There's no like inciting incident that sets her off. It's five years later, so the idea that this is five years later and all of a sudden she starts killing is crazy. You got the one girl who shows up to work late. She yells at her, and then she's like, "All right, let's close down." Why would you come to work if they're closing down? If they're closing. Did you notice that? She's like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, you come oh, in five girl, minutes after yes. class ends? That's my note, too. Right. The girl shows up. What's her name? Boy, she was pretty. Oh, ooh. Jamie. Oh, my Jamie. God. Jamie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so oh. Jamie shows up, right? Oh, yeah. Why are you like this and this? And then five minutes later, they're closing. I was like, yeah, what the, why would you? You're right. 100%. Yeah, that's what I She's like, you was, didn't show up on time. I had to teach your class. All right. Let's close down. <laughs> let's close up for the night. <laughs> Yeah, that's my note. Arrive late and then they close right away. <laughs> that was, that was right. my note. I, I don't get well, that. Why I don't would you show kidding. up for work? I, that's, that's what, what I, that's I, that, the whole, Oh, that's what your that, argument too. That's like, the whole point. It's like, call that, in. It's like, you're coming in for 15 minutes. Like, she was, you I, missed I everything you did. It was a dumb. That was dumb. Why was that she was late? Dumb. What did that have to do with the plot whatsoever? Why couldn't she have just been there? How did it that just, figure into the plot? It didn't at all. They just wanted another opportunity for Rhonda to be mean and nasty because all she did was yell at everyone in this movie. Yeah, yeah but I thought they were true. lovers for a second. I thought they were going to say, oh, I'm going to take you out to dinner tonight. Oh, when she, man. I thought they in were the going remake, they will be. In the remake, they're, they're going for more than dinner. There we de- they definitely are. Well, the one scene is straight like a porno. Uh, there was 100% that scene. If you, if you would have put that scene in a porno, and then that, that led to sex instead of whatever that happened in this movie. Nobody would have questioned it. That scene where they have the fight outside, the detective and the other guy, and they had the fight, and, and, and the brunette girl sees her, sees him, and then she takes him. Oh, did you know about this guy? And then remember that? She, she takes him to his house. He goes outside. Yeah. She wants to sunbathe. She come outside. She has a freaking thing on. She gives him a drink. And then she starts flirting with him and making out with him. I'm like, this is a, this is a porno. There's, there's, is, there's yeah. no question. That this would lead to sex in a porno. It is a porno. You're, you're exactly right. It's a porno because it's so ridiculous because he's working. That's his first day working. She says, take out the trash, clean the toilets. And he, in the middle of work, the girl's like, you want to go for a ride? He's like, sure. <laughs> he just leaves work. And then he's like, I got to go back to work. I got things to do. Like, are you kidding me? You're and, with, right. and, those, and those kung fu fights are just great. Oh, That's they're the so other, fun. 
everybody knows kung fu in this movie. There, there are padded kung fu fights and padded aerobic scenes. It's crazy. There's more fights in this than in Rocky. <laughs> all I want to, yeah, all I want to say is if I ever am around Chuck Dawson and I find a dead body, I'm running. That guy just like, he, it's almost like he was going to turn and say, get help. But that guy, he just runs up to that poor guy, grabs him by the hair, and beats him senseless in the face. <laughs> I, I That is such a ridiculous yeah. scene. And then a dream sequence with this minor character uh, the, where he dreams about Jamie just to show her naked. I mean, granted, thank you. Well, that was great, yeah. Thank yeah, you. but that it's a dream right sequence. But it's a dream sequence. True, it is. From a, he's from just a knocked out, right? Leading, yeah. Leading against the walkers? That guy. I, I would have got pissed off if it was real. I would have. Dude. Yeah. That guy had a dream sequence. You can't. I, know I don't even is. know that guy's name. That guy. Isn't that Jimmy or the other guy? No, Jimmy was the the one who they pinned the killings on. This okay, was like. So this is what guy. separates this one. This one is so ridiculous that if and again, if you're looking for some sort of highbrow, you're going to be sorely disappointed. If you're looking for a party movie to sit back, drink a few, and have fun with, this yep. is your flick the Thank the you. only thing that keeps it from being better though is the fact that the kills uh leave something to be desired they needed to be they needed to up the ante of the kills and there's just too much padding for it to be more enjoyable other than just like a party flick there's also a lot of conveniences a lot of plot issues uh, story issues oh, with, with some of these killings taking place like the guy in the locker room he's killed in the locker room with the detective and a cop right outside where was Rhonda <laughs> hiding yeah. But how did she kill him and then get back to her office? Like, there's just a lot of convenience. You need, we need to set up, like, secret uh, secret passageways in, in the Oh, movie. boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how about what, you, how about... what they do? They go into lockers. So she, she yeah. can come out of a locker and go into a locker somewhere else. And she like in The by. Simpsons. Incorporated. Incorporated. In the Simpsons, where they have the secret society in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> They're walking there with candlelight. It's great. The letter <laughs> opener scene. That was hilarious. Oh. She's yeah. opening mail. She's opening mail with the letter. The detective walks in. She gets mad. She sticks the letter opener in the apple, and he says to her, "You're pretty handy with that thing." Yes. <laughs> she all she did was stick it in the apple. What are you talking about? But I like everybody's the, a substack. A sub I like yes. Everybody's a what? What do you call it? <laughs> <A sub-stack. laughs> I can't even talk again. Yeah, Pamela, like Pamela Anderson did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pamela Anderson with the letter opener in in the office. Yes. <laughs> so this girl is the ends up being the killer. And for once in a movie, he is accusing her. She is a suspect. You never see that. Usually they're not suspected. This guy is actually, uh, he does what a detective would do. And everybody that, that's around, he's up on top of him. And he, if he sees a sign, he's going to get on it. So I like the fact that the, the one who was revealed to be the killer is actually suspected at one time in the movie. I like when they do that in movies. It doesn't usually happen, especially in these 80s slashers. It doesn't always happen that way. It's just like a, you know, a surprise at the end. It's a, they have red herrings, yes, but it's like, oh, you're the killer. Well, why? What happened to you? I don't know. It's just I, no, I like I the like that. He's he's a smart he detective not, for yes. 99% of the movie except for the fact when he decides when he's going to give his speech, he's going to stick the shovel in the ground and walk <laughs> away from it. Let me stick this deadly weapon in the ground, walk away, give you my epilogue, and then you can bash me in the head, kill me, and end the movie. I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that said, while that scene was playing out, 
this is a great twist that he's going to take vigilante justice and say, my dad was a clean cop and I've always almost been a clean cop. And now, fuck it. Just I'm going to I'm going to actually serve justice. And I thought the fact that he said it was great. I really wanted him to carry through with it. But then I actually thought it was kind of a cool like double twist almost that he you, you, you're like, oh, this is awesome. He's going to do this only for her to then kill him. Yes. Oh, it was a wrench. It, picks up it the actually shovel? does. Yeah. Oh, just, and the ending yeah, reveal. You're right, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, hey, there's makings well, of a good movie here. I got to be honest. What, what's the ending reveal again? Well, not the reveal. Because honestly, you could have it played off that you don't know sh- she really is the killer until they show that. Oh, who's to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to sign on the fact that she is because it makes sense. But the way she's behaving, even in that final scene with him, she's like, I didn't kill anyone. I killed so-and-so for self-defense. She does a good job, I think, of convincing me that she that he may be wrong about this. Even though there's signs pointing, yes, yes, you know, I, I did pretend to be my, my sister or whatever else. And I got burned and now I'm doing this. And yes, I do have, you know, bitter feelings about some beautiful people, whatever the fuck. You're right about all that, but I am not the one going around killing all these people. You're wrong on that. That's why I'm not there. Just when they have that confrontation, the way she delivers it, to me, it's it would still sell it to me that, you know what? Maybe she is not the killer. I mean, so it's not Another proven. twist. Another twist, then. He tries to kill her. She kills him. She gets in the car. Someone kills her. And then cut to credits. You're like, oh, yeah. Who was about, that? Who was that? will be our movie. <laughs> But well, <laughs> the, uh, a sequel. the the thing was five years of owning this thing and you're you're not you're not doing one class to showcase the fact that you're Freddy esque. Oh, Dude, it's ridiculous. At the beginning at the beginning of uh of the owner. <laughs> at the beginning of that she has her hair up and you could see the back of her head isn't burned. You could tell it's not a wig she's wearing. And then later <laughs> that, the wig well, is that, so that obvious. Ass wig that they put on looks like it's <laughs> made out of like a, a bad costume store. It's like Oh, like really bad <laughs> hair. She comes up. To yeah, the- they do that <laughs> scene like the emperor, or, or, like like Vader and 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 freaking Empire Strikes yeah. Back when it comes down. Yeah, <laughs> it just sees you. See the back of Darth Vader's head was the scariest thing as ever, ever as a kid. Empire Strikes Back. Who hired this private eye? This Chuck guy? Was it the uh, other uh, boss? Yes, the other boss. Why? Right away, because there's a murder at his fucking place. And maybe he suspects Rhonda. Maybe he knows something about Rhonda. Maybe he, you know what I mean? He's suspecting her. He can't be there for whatever reason. So he hires this guy. That's why. That's so, why I get out of it. Can I ask a question? What happened to the twin sister? There was no twin sister. There was no twin sister. Valerie and Rhonda are the same person. Right. Well, she, okay. She now, but you just, and that that's where this thing kind of falls apart based on the fact that, like, she just decides to change her name and say she had a twin sister and no one knows the rest of her life. Like, I mean, I understand like from a reveal part standpoint was really cool, but there should have been at least a sister. There should have been a lot of things. I still don't. I mean, I get that the boss hired Chuck, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense. Like there's been a murder. You would let the police handle it. Like there's no reason why five years after running your business with this woman, you would suspect she's like, all of a sudden started killing. It just, it's very weird. Yeah. But the but, guy and, isn't there. Hold on a minute. Maybe it's the guy lives out of state. Maybe the guy lives out of state and runs another company, okay? He doesn't want to come here and do this, and he doesn't want the bad publicity of murders happening in, in, in his in, in his place of business. So to try to get He's it done— He's the final killer. <laughs> there you go. He's the killer. That could be the reveal at the very end. Killer. 
<laughs> you're grasping, you're grasping at straws here. Him, be, him being the killer would be better, but no, him, him not wanting bad publicity is crazy because why? There's fourteen, there's fourteen kills all at this place. <laughs> yeah, but he and doesn't yet, know that. Yet, this is after and yet kill the people, one. I know, but you're still, it doesn't it. make it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make why? sense. He wants to it cover makes it up. No it's sense. Just happening. He, he didn't cover it up. Just... The police were there. The police were already there. I understand. It didn't work out the way he wanted it. But from his point of view, when he hears that something went down at this club, instead of getting the cops involved and have a fucking media circus where everybody's calling this place a robicide and everything involved. else. Huh? They're already involved. Yeah, but a private investigator can do things differently. And he can maybe be – remember – He's a fucking guy on in the inside now. So he's going to masquerade himself as an employee so we he can find out what's instantly. going on. He was caught instantly going That's through the files. When the, when the other owner hires that guy, he doesn't know he's going to do that. He's just saying, instead of let's not make this thing explode into a fucking media circus, let me send one guy there undercover as a private investigator to get to the bottom of this before it spirals out of control. You can't understand I think, that mentality? I think it's, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, okay. you and I better not I'd never be business partners then, because yeah. that's what I would do too. No, <laughs> no, it's shady. It's shady and weird. It fact, doesn't make any podcast. sense. The fact that uh, what's that? In fact, you're off the podcast. All right. Well, see, oh, you okay. what are you talking oh, about? <laughs> he thought you were serious. Oh. Wait a minute, Christian. Do you do you agree with me? Would you do the same thing? Would you get an investigator to to avoid a circus? I I would, but I but I see what Brandon's saying. I would actually have liked to do explain it too. That would have been nice. I'm not talking about real life. I'm talking about within this movie. It makes no sense. Well, it no, makes no. zero sense. It, it would have made sense if they said, "Look, I was hired by so and so. You wanted me to look into it." And it does make sense at the point where Brand, where David's saying after the first killing. But then, yeah. of course, now we've got like 14. <laughs> right. going to be some yes, bad publicity. But even after he comes in, the police have already been there investigating. Well, of course they're, they're cops. Of course they're going to come and investigate. But yeah, he's just. So if you want to, if you want to cover it up, you you didn't cover it up. There's no covering it up. So you're you're bringing in a private investigator as a secondary thing after the fact, which is cover fine. Up, no. Defuse the situation, yes. But hey, cover up, you're Better. right. At this point, you can't. He does a great job of defusing the situation yeah. by beating the shit out of every single club <laughs> member there. I'm not saying he was the right choice. I'm not saying it worked out the way he wanted it to. <laughs> Just theoretically. He's argued the point pretty well, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I get what he's saying, but I don't know. In real life, I would do the same thing. That's all I was saying. I mean, it didn't work out. It's another ridiculous thing in this in this ridiculous movie that it, that highlights are the 80s cheese. It's like that movie Killer Party. You ever see that movie Killer Party? Yeah. Killer Party's a good movie. This is that, not. The charm of that movie is the 80s cheese. Just like this. Especially with the aerobics and, and the music and everything else. It's like she said, it's a fun party movie. It's something, to, yeah. what I recommend, again, remember what we said last time? I don't think it was Initiation. I think it was, what was the other one you shit on? The Slasher, see? Or B. What was the first was Slasher you shit on? A couple of shows ago. Intruder. Intruder. Okay, Intruder, where I said that these movies, I'm not saying it's a fucking, it's my number 46 or something on my list at the time. I'm not saying you're going to sit and watch it by yourself like a Halloween or a Friday or My Bloody Valentine. These are movies that they are for fun. You sit down. Would you rather watch this or fucking Troll 2 when you have your friends over and you're having a few beers? This, I don't want to watch either, but I'm tired of the alcohol 
you know, needs to be involved to make it, you know, to enjoy it the film argument. It doesn't it necessarily does. mean it's a party my friends yeah. and I. That's it. Doesn't have to be alcohol. Like my buddy Scott comes at my house. He it never fucking weed or to, cocaine. It <laughs> could be nothing. It could be sober. When I'm hanging out with my friends, we're just ready to fucking have a good time, alcohol or not. It doesn't matter. Like my buddy Scott comes over, never takes a fucking drink and drives home, never. So we come. If he was here, we'd be fucking laughing at some of the stuff. And my brother Mike, we would be appreciating the '80s stuff and and the bad lyrics of the songs. I mean, did you listen to the lyrics of the songs? The things yeah. that, you you watch the subtitles. It was ridiculous, mm-hmm. I, but it's funny. Hey, baby, you look sexy standing there watching me. I can see you with the hunger in you reaching for your fantasy, all that shit. I mean, this is 80s at its best. It, it's a time capsule. It's fun. It, it's just fun. And the kills, not all of them are great. The first one is really good. The, the blood flow is fucking pretty, wow, it, it's good bleeding going on with that first girl in the shower and everything else. But, I mean, listen, the year of a slasher. <laughs> <laughs> The, the year of the slasher, when I watched this movies and I compared it to other slashers, I personally enjoyed watching this more than 70 other slashers I saw that year. That, that That's what it comes down to. I just, I had a better time watching it. That's why I made my well, list. Now, would it? That remains to be seen. Let, let's give our ratings. <laughs> I mean, they're not meant to I be see- watched over and over. I say this is fun, but I'm also still kind of more realistic in the ratings. Had the had the kills been souped up a bit more, my rating probably would have gone up. But as it stands, I, I give this like a six out of ten. All right, but it's I'll, fun. Yeah, yeah. And like I'll, the only thing I'll second what I said earlier is that there's makings of a good movie here. I appreciate the high body count, 14 kills. I appreciate yeah. the attention to story, even though it's really really sloppy with the pi with the detective with her motive for starting killing now stuff needs to be more thought out and better written but there's makings of a good film and i appreciate that they were trying to make a good film but it's extremely average to me five out of ten. Ooh shit what did you give it the year of the slasher probably remember? like five and a half okay all right well i'll tell you this i i still have fun with it I'm basically a sucker for the for the 80s cheese and the 80s charm. I just something about the film I enjoy. I'm not coming in too high. Matter of fact, if I was doing the show now, it would not make my top 50 based solely on on the rating I'm giving it. I'm going down a little bit. I'm going down to the six and a half. It is not part of the illustrious 6.75 and over, which made my list of slashers. What? So <laughs> it would be competing with about like 20 other movies that I just enjoy and that are just hanging around there. But I have fun. How about that song? You look just like Mr. Hippo and Mrs. Pig. They say. <laughs> I don't remember that. that. I Mrs. I don't Hippo and Mr. Pig. Yeah. I must Mrs. have been looking Hippo. back. It's Mrs. a lyric in one of the songs towards the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one just if you pay attention. There are some funny lyrics of these songs that were at the time were, you know, taken seriously because of the time period it was in. It is just, I don't know, maybe it's nostalgia for me when I see movies from this time period that are are done in the cheesiest of 80s stuff. It's nice to see. Extreme cheddar in this one. There was that scene, too. I forgot. It seemed like she was always killing as the detectives were getting to the house or someone was getting to the house because there was one scene where she had to escape. She threw herself out the window and the way, like, the stunt person threw themselves out the window, it was so funny. It looked like she was a missile projectile. Right? Oh, 
when the killer ran away? Hilarious. Yeah, when the killer ran yeah. away and projects projectile missiles out the window. Yeah, Ron didn't even Ron didn't even have a cut on her face the next day. Yeah, it was she good. had a little scratch, just a little clue. Right. It was like a ninja. She came out, she was dressed all in black, and then she ran away. Dude, was... She was she was like a ninja. She that's that Funny. explains it. My rating would go up if it turns out she was a ninja because that's the only way she could have done half these killings. She say? was like Who's... lurking. The graffiti people, she's lurking in the shadows, slitting throats. I actually like that set of kills. The yeah, three that graffiti little, people. Little, yes. The little group. I really like that. That was, was that was probably my favorite group of kills. And they were shitting on the freaking on the business. They wrote a robicide on, you know what else? They wrote Death Spa, which I found funny. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, Either one of those would have been a better title than Killer Workout, in my opinion. No, I, mean, I do Killer like Workout. Killer Workout. I know. Did, did Death Spa did Death Spa come out before or after Killer Workout? Same year, I, I think. Know. I, might, I, I would I think it's the exact would, same year. I think eighty-seven or eighty-nine, but yeah, I yeah. think I think it is the same year. I think it is eighty-seven. If if you put a gun to my head, I say eighty-seven. But still, <laughs> get that gun to his head. I'm checking right Christian, now. Christian, you said you said it like right at the beginning. I I swear. I mean, I was really gonna like it was gonna be my highlight of this at the beginning. Was this is prime for a remake because there is this had the makings. Like I'm telling you, if I I see it. Like even even sorry, just clean up a few things and it's probably a budget issue i mean uh the guy who played chuck his brother's the director ted ted Pryor's the director or david Pryor. david richard Pryor's Pryor. the director richard Pryor. <laughs> richard Pryor's the killer richard Pryor's the killer at the end <laughs> oh you hawkers oh on the wheel uh, <laughs> awesome that's what was 89 was... Oh, 89 see there you go the director's brother played uh played chuck so I appreciate, like, I like that. Like, you could see, like, they had a good time making this film and stuff, but, like, it just needs more money. It just needs yeah, more money and just be flushed out a little bit more. But it's it's right there. It's How about right the there. Annie kill? How about they did an Annie kill, like, in Halloween? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. With that steering wheel. They're still doing that nine years later and shit. I dig that. And friggin', uh, this song is called... That's right after huh? the slit throw, which is almost very, uh... Annie go. from Friday. See, <laughs> so oh, a du- wow. like almost like a, almost like a double Annie kill. A a couple of Annies. Nice. As they should have played. Annie, are you okay? <laughs> Annie, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay, Annie? <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that's good. How about that song? It was called Animal Workout. Workout. Animal workout, and that's why they said Mrs. Hippo and Mr. Pig or whatever the hell. They I said. can't believe I missed Mrs. Hippo and Mr. Pig because. I was I was watching the lyrics of the songs and I thought they were great. Oh, I, I would have uh, I would have definitely written down Mrs. Hippo. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, how about this one? Oh, that's a good song. That's a good song. I gotta be yeah. honest. I would listen. That sounds like a Pat Benatar song. Yeah, it does. Right? Only you tonight. Yeah, I dig it, yeah. man. I'm telling you. Yeah. That sounds like it's something from Fright Night or that Pep Pep Benatar did. I would I would actually download that song and listen to it well, while you can working it out. You're gonna buy the soundtrack while work. Oh, I love to see that. That'd be a that'd be a Patreon bonus right there. Dude, I gotta be honest. When I work out, a lot of the songs I listen to when I work out are songs from movies. That's usually oh, most of the music uh... I listen to are songs that I associate with movies. I can dig it. I don't I don't like have like favorite bands and stuff. It's all stuff that I pick up from shows and movies and i'm like all right i'll listen to that like that and what about the girl uh what's her name uh, Rhonda. i was looking up because you know i thought she's she's quite pretty she kind of reminds me a little bit of joe from the facts of life a little bit with some of her look i don't know yeah. but um 
Very exotic looking, but I looked her up to see what she was doing. You know, she made her very first appearance. I don't know if it happened, but she made her very first appearance uh, March of this year at a convention. So she's in the convention circuit now. I'd love to meet her. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. March 2020, it said her very first appearance. I would have met her for sure, man. This is the exact type of people you want to see at conventions. Not. That is what I want to go to for conventions for, for the obscure exactly. movies, for the shit like this that that, that I like, that I know aren't going to be I, – I don't, I don't – don't get me wrong, but – Everyone's going to see Friday the 13th people. And yes, I'm I'm as a big a Friday guy as anybody, but I want to see people like this and people, you know, these some of these minor characters in, in like minor movies, I should say. Maybe maybe not, lead yeah. characters like her. Yeah. But that would make it special to me. Dude, how, gonna how, that. It's the same people doing the conventions, and once you meet them and get their autographs, how many Kane Hodder autographs do you need? What are you I, getting I'm a Kane Hodder autograph every something every time? I mean, he's awesome, but like it's always the same people. It's always Kane Hodder. It's always C.J. Graham. It's always Robert England. It's like, I know. It's like, yeah, it's okay, not... I got your autographs. I Never met you. You're awesome. Hitchcock. I've been trying to see Albert Hitchcock for the last fifteen yeah, uh, conventions. You've been, you've been trying to see any cock. Don't want to. I almost said cock in the mop. <laughs> cock in the mop. Well, that was your other job. <laughs> Yeah, mopping freaking spooge. Jizz mopper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of jizz, I uh, was at work yesterday, and <laughs> I talked about our show. I was telling them, I go, I don't know how it came up, but I said something in the in the, in our meeting in the morning about, about your dick, was, right? <laughs> no, not about my dick. Actually, no, I try not well, to. Keep up. Junior stays covered. No, but I'm. Uh, I was talking about what do you call it? I go. If you were given the choice to have your ear cut off or to drink some nasty freaking thing, what would it be? So we're talking about it, and they deducted. They figured out that I was talking about jizz. I didn't come out and say it. So anyway, I told them exactly the reason why I picked the the, the jizz because I go, well, how? I go, you know, what if my wife my wife dumps me? How am I gonna get laid if freaking my ears cut off? It, it's gonna it's gonna you know it's gonna be a deal breaker. I go, that's the problem. Me sex trumps everything. So we got into this conversation at work. So then after, after, cause of course they don't know what movie I'm talking about. So after talking about this for two, three minutes, everybody's laughing. They said, what's the name of the movie? And I say, come to daddy. And everybody fucking burst out laughing. <laughs> I think they were thinking like, like C-U-M come cause I was talking about come to daddy. <laughs> but then I'm talking about it and they go, so what decision was made in the movie? And I said, you know what? I don't remember. So do you guys remember? <laughs> Or, or was it interrupted? I don't even remember what the answer is to that question. Did the guy drink jizz or get his ear cut off or did nothing happen? Wasn't See, nobody his ear knows. cut off? Wasn't his ear already cut off? I don't know. See, we don't yeah, know. Remember. Okay. It's okay. Nobody remembers. No no big deal. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, shit. Come to daddy. But we're going to forget about that now because we get to talk about The Shining. So I'm, I'm excited. Right. There's no crazy people around here. <laughs> We got me in this motherfucker. I can't tell you how many times during this movie, my daughter, more often, my wife would say it too, but my daughter was said it a lot. That's you, talking about Jack Nicholson. The way he fucking is. <laughs> I know. Well, it's making me sound like a lunatic. But... I want to put Ned, I, I wanted to do a meme of Ned going, there are no crazy people around here. Uh, and then a shot of Jack Nicholson from frame fucking one of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling. Because I agree with Stephen King. On one thing about this movie, Jack Nicholson is crazy from the get-go. 
and yes, we'll talk is. about why. And I have a ha- I have an okay. answer for everything you're going to throw at me in the in this. Well, thing. I, but I'm not, I'm not fighting if, you. There's no fight. I know you're not. I'm just no, saying I that that's my. I I only want to say quibble because I'm not I'm not do, doing a film book comparison. I'm talking about the movie. Yeah. I'm talking about what I see in the movie. No book comparison. We're not covered. We're not reviewing the book. We're reviewing yeah. the no movie. It's not but you're shit. right. That is a quibble. I have one other quibble that we'll get to, but other than that, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of ball gargling. All right, so <laughs> let's do I this. I got Kubrick's. <laughs> I got Nicholson's. He's a lie. Eyes still. wide shut. And I, I guess I get Danny's little nuts. In my mouth. Well, they're big now. <laughs> Danny's little nuts. <laughs> Couple of wow. macadamias. <laughs> oh man, we just lost the patron. Yeah, okay, The Shining from 1980, um, directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on Stephen King's novel, and screenplay written by Kubrick and Diane Johnson. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrifying forebodings from both past and future. All right. The Shining. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, this movie. Don't mention the twin sisters in this. <laughs> Don't mention them. I said no you mention know, of twin sisters in this, even though they're not twins. Oh, you're I right. Was, it, was a reference, it was a reference to Killer Workout. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. They've come back again, twin sisters. Everybody calls them twins, though. Not everybody, but a lot of people refer to them as the two twins in the movie. You know, you know what? There's nothing. You know what? I don't get mad at that. Like, I mean, yeah, you could correct and be like, no, technically they're not yeah. twins. But to be they honest, may... I thought for the longest time. They, yeah, you never. Do they, they ever? Really... Let me explain. This is, uh, uh, believe me, you know me in this movie. You know how much I've <laughs> loved this movie for fucking 30 years now. And the more I watch it and the more I study it and the more information I get from it, it with research and everything else, the more I can weigh in on these things. Let me tell you this. First of all, in real life, obviously, they're twins. So for anyone to look at those two dressed identically, looking almost the same, one is a little uh, chubbier than the other, but they're dressed the same. They look the same. <laughs> for anyone to look at that and not think twins, you, you, it's stupid. So that's basically a gatekeeper asshole person that would come up and say, actually, they're not twins. Because general consensus, you could show that picture. Enter to the horror community. Okay, well, then, then fuck them. Because I'm as big a fan of anybody as this movie, and I will not correct them. Because you can show these pictures to people that have no knowledge of this film. Say, here, look at this picture. What do you see? You can take it around the world. Around the fucking world. People yeah, twins are universal. And say, twin girls. That's what they are going to say because that's what you're presented with, okay? Just because you want to be a gatekeeper and because the one guy says – and because Ullman says that the daughters were 8 and 10 years old and they got hacked up, that is fine. I understand what you're saying. But in the context of this film, when you see those two, if they're not twins, then what the fuck are they? A 10 and an 8-year-old that just happen to look identical for the most yeah. part? They have the same voices? Get the fuck out of here. They're twins. It's, it's such a quick thing that he says that, honestly, you know, for a two and a half hour movie, if you miss that, you might never know. And my wife and was I, calling them twins when we were watching Dr. Sleep together. Well, there so you I go. I slapped her across the face, divorced her, and I sat on the other side of the theater to watch the movie. And now I have her head on the shelf. <laughs> it's going to be a fourth one right here. <laughs> <laughs> 
replacing my head. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. I don't believe in spousal abuse anymore. And, the, that, uh... <laughs> and that's going to lead to a topic later in this movie that's about spousal abuse and modern film and this film. But that's another thing. But the, the two, okay, if you can't refer, it just it flows better, The Shining Twins. And let me go a step further. The, the, these two girls that we see here may not be the same 8- and 10-year-old girls that Allman is referring to in this movie. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a Delbert Grady and there's a Charles Grady. And the whole thing about this movie, the way you want to interpret it, it's said in the actual film. He says the gentleman's name was Charles Grady. When Nicholson meets the other guy later on in the bathroom, he refers to himself as Delbert Grady, not the same person. Therefore, how do you want to interpret this film? I interpret it as reincarnation of the same soul into this hotel, which is hell for ghosts. And that's why Jack, at the end of the movie, is in the picture. Because that is not Thank Jack you. Lawrence. That is a different person in his lineage, in his bloodline, that has been there before. He's in some type of hell trap there. And Jack says, and Delbert Grady are drawn to it. Okay, which is what my... I told him, I, I turned to my wife, I go, I love this movie. And I, 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 I really love... The, I really like this movie as well. So I, I love the ending... But I said, but please explain it to me. Well, how would you de- determine this? And she says, the hotel's kind of a hell, and that's his, and that's like, uh, and and that's like him reliving it or something like that. I said, see, I don't, I never interpret it like that. But there's no other reason for him to be in that picture at the end. He's a spirit now of the hotel, so there he is. He's a part of the grand, the grand ballroom now. So he's there. That's I take it very simply. In fact, I, I appreciate used to. this. I appreciate this movie more now. Without overanalyzing it, I think Room Two Three Seven. Room Two Three Seven is a great documentary, but some of the deep dives in that movie are absolute horseshit. It's absurd. It's it's beyond absurd. The Indian cans. Well, the Indian thing makes sense. Here's my deal. There is a whole lot of Native American stuff throughout this entire film. He deliberately states. Listen now. He deliberately states. The Indian burial ground, and there's no way these are sets that are constructed. There is no way he doesn't have all that Indian stuff and art all over the place. And they mention the fucking two tribes when they're talking about the decoration. There are there are Native American things all over this film. So Kubrick, when he made the movie, maybe he had a stance on Native Americans, and maybe he had a stance on Americans that came in and did what they did. That there are little things throughout. Does that have to be the basis of the film? And do you have to overanalyze it? No, but I do think that was done with intent. Even when oh, Jack takes a drink and he says, "White man's burden." That's talking about the 1899 Rudyard Kipling thing. And I'm not going to put on the tinfoil hat like some of the people did in 237 and go over and over and over. But some of this stuff, I believe there, there's merit to it. There, 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 there's so much meat on the bone. There's stuff you could deep dive into if you so choose to. That's it's all I'm saying. There, it's there because Kubrick put it there, but it's not germane yes. to the story at hand. At all. It's, to him, it is. To him, he to him, make it is. He might, he might be he's making his own social commentary. That's fine. But in terms of watching the movie The Shining, it has nothing to do with the Torrance family to me. I don't think it pertains to anything having to do with the characters, the plot, or anything like that. It looks nice. It's cool. You could look up Calumet. It, it was, a, you know, a tobacco pipe, a peace pipe, a truce pipe. You could right. take, you know, the piece of, you know, that versus the, the struggle of this family. But I don't even want to do that. This is just a very simple haunted hotel movie that's brilliantly done, well acted, and just probably the best slow burn horror movie there is. 
Well, I think I think you do from from a Kubrick standpoint because it's Kubrick. Uh, well, actually, just because it's Kubrick, but any good director, they're they're laying the foundation there. That it's in the frame for a reason, so you can't simply right. dismiss it. I'm not deep diving like two, three, right. uh, like the the documentary, but I'm saying it's there for a reason to, to to maybe give a basis for for the haunting and and maybe give it a little bit more explanation without saying anything. It, it, it it's the foundation. He's not putting it there for no re- for for no reason whatsoever. Uh, however, you're right. the The actual story that we're kind of following is about this descent into madness, uh, about b- about being here and yeah, this, the horror. Isolation, this isolation, this descent into madness. In fact, in this film, it's so weird. The Shining itself, you don't even need the Shining in this movie, really. Well, if you just make him a if you just make him a normal little boy, this is still a great psychological film about a man's descent into madness. It's it's one of my quibbles actually. Like when uh, when when he when uh, Halban comes back to help them out, the guy took a goddamn plane there. He took the snow snow cat there. He's coming through the door. Hey, hey, kid, mind shining me a warning about your dad? Hey, Christian, (laughs) Christian, anybody here? He tries. Yeah. He, he might be something. Yeah, heads first, up. Hello. First of all, the same thing. The same thing happens in Doctor Sleep, but but that was my second quibble. Besides the fact that they should have had Jack nicer at the beginning, more normal, is that Dick Halloran shouldn't have died in the movie. I know he doesn't die in okay. the book, but he he shouldn't have died in the movie, or he shouldn't have died for, so quick. But it's all for a reason. Okay, shouldn't have died so quick. Fine, but he he served his purpose. If he doesn't show up exactly when he does, Wendy gets killed. Jack stops when he's about to get through the door. He already acts the door. Here's Johnny, the whole nine. He's about to get in there and fucking kill his wife who can't get out through the window. He stops solely because he hears the snowcat coming up the thing, turns around and goes downstairs. So he does serve a purpose. He saves Wendy's life and he say he saves both of their life. He ultimately gives himself so those two can live. And that's what you he was what, supposed though? to do. Danny called. And, and he could have done that and Danny could have shined him a warning. I'm not going to let Danny that go. Shine him though. a warning. Well, you shut up, Andy. The guys, they have Are you kidding me? Your father's car- chasing you with an axe and you're five fucking years old. You're going to be worried about Dick? He, Come on. Is he, is he five when this is happening? Yes. Can't yes, be. he's five. Then yes. when does Dr. Sleep take place? The opening was, of Dr. Sleep. Because then it flashes oh. forward 11 years later. He's not 16 years old. No, it doesn't flash forward 11. It flashes forward to 2011. And then it flashes forward to ni- modern day. Believe me, I know it. I have it all Dr. written down. Sleep. Okay, all right. Uh, that was one of my things about Doctor Sleep. I'm like, it was I thought it said 2011. So, so I thought maybe I uh, maybe I just saw. Yeah, and 11. it starts oh, at, and it starts it starts out in 1980 with him yes, like like a year later. I, I thought later. it said 11 years later, but you're right. It was 2011, correct? Yes. And then it went eight years later from there. Okay. Uh, you and McGregor looks good for 16. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for 26. Let's be anyway, honest. But I'll cross <laughs> off one of my, my my questions to you then because I anyway I, we'll get to that movie. But that was that was it. Those are really my quibbles too. Brandon was just yeah. that like just have them maybe a little friendlier at the beginning. Jack not so like I'm, I'm crazy like out There's of the gate reason. like I know he's not okay. Well, what, shoot me your argument for the reason as to why. I'd like Here's to I'd argument. like to know. Okay, the hotel makes Jack do what he does. Correct? Can we at least? Agree on that? Yeah. Because the opening scene is the interview. He's already in that hotel. So he's already... We never see Jack outside of the hotel. Never. We see we see Wendy well, and Danny. In the Danny. car we do. He's in the car. 
as they are approaching the hotel, they are already in the mountains and they're right around the corner from the hotel. And that's when it starts to touch them. And there you see little instances, which my daughter and wife say is me that's when he's true. talking and he goes, mm-hmm. That's what I say when I'm fucking frustrated and shit like that. And they're talking to me about some some nonsense. And, you know, he saw it on the television. Yes, you do see the cracks of it already, okay? That, which makes sense. He's already been there for the interview. When you see him in the interview, he does seem normal. He's just gotten there. You know, I, you know they'll love it. My wife is a confirmed ghost story and horror movie expert. That's not going to happen to me. He seems like a normal cat. He's doing his thing. He's doing a regular interview. Of course, he, you know, I get all that. So, and he's fine. Even when he calls Wendy and says, hey, we got to do this, this, this. Sounds like he got the job. Yeah, you'll, you'll love it here. He is still somewhat normal, okay? So now, whatever. Then he leaves, and then as they are approaching it, hence the foreboding music and where they are, and they are approaching danger, and they are already in the mountains. Therefore, they're in Colorado, in the dangerous area where they're supposed to be. And this is when you see them in the car, and the hotel is already fucking calling out to them. He's already heading to what's going to ultimately drive him mad. So he's already showing the signs because he's there. He's already been touched. Now he's getting closer to being a, a resident of there. So he's already being called out to. Then when he gets there, he is actually still somewhat normal a couple times. When he wakes out of bed the first time, when they show the mirror shot, which mirror, that's a whole other thing about this movie and the whole other thing we can get into with the mirrors. But he wakes up from bed. And, you know, he is normal at that moment because he just woke up and he comes up and he's normal as can be. He's like, do you have any ideas? He goes, a lot of ideas, no good ones. You know, and he's dipping his toast in the egg and he's doing the, And he's talking and he's, I've never been so, I've never been so happy anywhere. See, he's I comfortable. was totally crazy at this point. Yeah, already. that's, that's like, I honestly I think they need When he that. wakes up in bed, he's crazy. Exactly, he's nuts. You guys are he fucking nuts. You guys are Honestly. Fucking. I can't discuss I, it with I, you, man. No, I, 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 <laughs> no, I could see, I could understand where you're coming from. I just don't see it in the movie because the problem with the movie is it needs that arc for for the premise of like I think the hotel to get into your skin. I mean, I, I grant grant it your argument holds a little bit of weight as well based on he's been there for the interview. But I'll say this. I'll make a joke about it, but this is the truth. If I was the people interviewing him, I'd be like, There's something not right with this guy. I'm not hiring him for the job then. Because Look, he doesn't I, come across as friendly enough. Like you you sh like I don't know. He's well, just friendly not gotta be to be a fucking caretaker. You're both you're both right here. You're both right here. I agree that he is sort of he is sort of partially taken over from the interview onward and I do agree with the car ride up with what you said, Dave. The only issue I have with him not being really that normal at all in the hotel is because he does have an instance where I think he's the most normal and the most genuine and that's right after he has the dream about killing them. Yes. When he says that that's that but that was that was genuinely like remorseful nice. That was like the first time you almost saw him to me. Like every I agree other with time that. you see yeah. It's the last time you see him too. Yeah. It's, it's the la it's his last it's the last time you see him holding on to the real Jack, the human exactly. self. Exactly. To me that 100%. was the real Jack and I feel like we got none of that really loving Jack, but I get it because of the interview, but at the same time I wish it had built a little bit more. That's it's a minor quibble. I still like it. He's reading the Playgirl, you know. He's he's just sort of, I don't know. He's just he just sort of seems like he's lost it. But also, there's the whole the whole, you know, underlying story of their marriage. This has clearly been a marriage that isn't meant to be. Okay, wait a minute now. I'm gonna before we proceed. If you show someone this, the those two scenes, him being interviewed in that film, 
And the scene when he wakes up in bed and he goes, oh, what time is it? It's 11 o'clock. And he's like, oh, geez, already? And this and that. And he goes, oh, I got some work to do. If you show someone that has no knowledge of Jack Nicholson or this movie in The Shining, fucking anybody off the street, you show them that scene of him in bed having that conversation with his wife and you show him the interview, I guarantee that nobody's going to say he looks fucking and is acting crazy. I think they that prob- is a, a thing would. that is in your head because you know it's Jack and you know about the no, movie. It's, You're it's preconditioned the to think that. It's the facial expressions. It's the smiles. It's the mannerisms. It's just him. He's always that way in every movie. When you well, go my watch daughter had never saw this before. My, da- my daughter never saw this before, and she she didn't think it was creepy. I think the first time she said that, and I am pretty sure it was very early in the movie. Like They don't give you – there's not a long time for, – for a movie that's two hours and 20 minutes plus – He's crazy within the first 20 minutes of the movie. And that's fine. But I mean, I'm just solely speaking of the interview and that scene when he wakes up in bed. That's it. I'm just talking about those two isolated scenes. Now, yes, he does start to go crazy. We see the hints of it. We see it on the ride talking about the Donner party and watch it on the television. You know, yeah. And you should have gone to the anyway, just that stuff. I do understand what you're saying. I don't think you see crazy I think the first time you see crazy is when Wendy comes in the room in that fucking awesome scene when he's typing and he flips out on her. I think that's, oh, that's the first time you see it. Now, the thing is, I people say these complaints. It To me, it makes more sense that you, if you, a guy like that is more likely to flip out and kill his family than fucking happy-go-lucky Joe who shows up to the place. And that, <laughs> yeah, True. I'm sorry, you True. don't need that. I, it makes more well, sense that someone that already has some fucking tendencies, we already know he drinks. Now, this is from Stephen King's novel. We already know for a fact that he's broken his kid's arm by accident, whatever, by using too much force. He's lost a job as a teacher. He's fucked. He's, he's had these issues. He, he already has darkness in him. So already having those seeds planted, to me, it makes sense. Obviously, this guy has some type of pension towards darkness. He drinks. He's been violent. There's been issues. You can see the way Wendy talks. It's almost like her words coming through him when she's like purely an accident. When she's talking, to, it always reminded me of like, I think she delivered that line that way because it sounds like Jack later when he's talking to Lloyd, the same type of uh, inflection in her voice. It always seems like Jack's voice coming out of her. Because she's been conditioned by him because he runs her show too. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's she's timid, she's scared, she's she's his puppet. And and Dave, like I, I'm I'm nitpicking here in the sense of like, these are my little quibbles with the movie. But right, it doesn't nice. hinder my overall enjoyment of said film. Like it's just saying I would have liked a little bit more, but you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with what you're saying right now. The darkness is in him already. It makes more sense. I would have there's just got to be a little bit, just slight, some sort of slight transition. I feel like the switch is very, very quick, and it, and 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 it happens yeah, well, quickly. Well, they like, never really shed any. They, they don't <laughs> shed any pos, They don't really shed any positive light on him because they talk about the alcohol. They they mention he's been sober for five months. They talk about him losing the job as a teacher, but him telling his five-year-old son about the Donner Party being cannibals is crazy. No father would do that. So you could see it starting to, to take him over and, and influence him, and he's starting to lose it. But I think it has to do more with the, with the relationship, too, with his marriage. I mean, he resents Wendy so much. Yeah. He, That's fine. When he, he and dating. Oh, and well, hold on. I, and really that room. Wendy. And that room that they got. <laughs> well, no, listen. Hold on. Let me tell you about this. First of all, really he, didn't tell, he didn't tell him about the Donner Party. 
Wendy brings up the Donner Party, right? Jack answers her question. Hold on. Wendy brings up. I understand. Listen to me. Wendy brings up the Donner Party. Okay. Isn't this where the Donner Party, such and such, whatever. Okay. And then he answers the questions. And then the kid asks him, what's the Donner Party? And he says, they had to resort to cannibalism. Then she interjects and says, Jack. And he's like, I know all about cannibalism. I saw it on television. So yeah, he already no, knew. No, fa- no father would have said he would. A normal father would have said, "Don't worry about it." Or they would have. He just lied. got snowbound. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But okay. but yeah. And as far as resenting his family, sure, he's the type of guy that's going to cast blame on them because who knows? Who knows what this guy might have been an aspiring author on the way to great things. And again, he just took teaching as a side job. Who knows what happened? Uh, you know, maybe he never wanted to be a father. Maybe he never wanted to be married. He hooks up with this woman. They have a. I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to say what may be going on in his head and what, frankly, goes on in a lot of married men's heads when they're unhappy with their marriage. They're going to cast these fucking people h- hold me down. If it wasn't for them, I would have a lot more money. I would have this. I would have success. Now, he's resorting to drinking because he has some inner fucking turmoil. So, yeah, he does resent his position in life that now because he got fired from his job and now he has to start all over again at whatever, how old he is, 40 years old, whatever the fuck he is. I got to start all over again. I got to go to this job just to prove that I could be reliable for something. And then I can work on this book, hopefully get it published. And then this is the start of good things. Then when the, the, the possible thought of them leaving that thing at all, that's why he flips the fuck out on her. You know, it is so fucking typical for you to bring this up when I'm finally into my work. And, you know, that old thing, I've let you fuck up my life so far. I am not going to let you fuck this up. I understand where someone in his position is coming from when he's that angry. Would I say that out loud to my wife? Of course not. That's the difference. That's why everything he says in this movie is nothing I would ever say. But I can look at this guy as this type of character who is abusive and miserable and you know, and drunk and everything else. But if you want to talk about him being a hero, he's a hero as far as his performance goes. Jack Nicholson, well, this is my favorite performance of anybody in any fucking, not horror movie, movie ever. I'm glad I, I'm glad you say that because I, I tend to sometimes, I, I view this movie and I'm like, I think I feel like he's overacted. And then my my daughter and my wife were like, no, you think so? No, no, no. But they're, he's creepy. He's great. But I tend to sometimes think he goes into that overacting realm at some scenes. I don't know why. It's just the way I've always been with the movie. I don't let it get to me. I try not to let it ruin the movie for me. It never does. But I've also read a lot of reviews that say he flat out overacts in this film. I don't think he overacts so not- in it. I think he's terrific. In fact, I don't like the criticism of uh, – and we talked about it on the trivia episode that we did – of – the criticism of Wendy. Oh, she's a fantastic in this. Oh, she's How, great. She, Even she, though she was nominated a, for worst actress at the Razzies yeah. that year. Well, the movie itself was one fucking worst Kubrick. movie at the Razzies, right? No, Kubrick. Kubrick was nominated for worst director, and she was nominated for worst actress. That was it. No, but I'm but, pretty yeah. sure that Friday the Thirteenth and 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 um, Friday the Thirteenth and The Shining, both coming out in 1980, were up for the the, the worst movie of the year, and The Shining won it. I could be wrong. Maybe yeah, I'm no, wrong. I, I don't think it won worst picture, but it it was nominated for those two awards. But like you said, I, all these things make sense of you know him resenting you know his position in life and uh, you know saying these horrible things. But there's no sense of light in him 
from the start, so it's hard to connect with the character until that one scene when he breaks from from the dream and sort of comes back to reality. It's almost like you hadn't seen him the whole entire movie, and that's right. you know a minor quibble. It's like build up, you know, even if they use like a a flashback or something just to to give you a little bit of of the good in him, because I do believe there was some good in him, but but he just became victim of 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 everything of his own life and uh, of course the hotel. There was enough good ever... in him. Go ahead. Sorry, Dave. No, no, go ahead. No, 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 because I was going to take it away from this. So continue. I'm saying there's enough good in him that he stayed sober for five months. That he said, yeah. "Hey, okay, that's it." Whether or not it was because of the ultimatum that his wife gave him, at least he cared enough about the relationship and the family to say, like she said, "I'll never touch another drop again." And we know he didn't drink for five months because he, you know, it's a fact. Yeah, he hands so in his chip least, at the end to Lloyd. <laughs> at least he does that. So there was yeah. some intent to, to be sober, but yeah. whatever. Did they, ever, did they ever uh, specify what the name of his book was that he's writing? Did he title it the, yet? Not in the movie, um, possibly in the novel. But I, honestly, what happens in the novel and is only touched upon in the movie, if you're aware of the novel, is that he begins, He, pardon me, he begins, he finds these scrapbooks in the basements and things like that. And you can see the scrapbook on the table on two particular scenes in this movie where it's opened up. It's this big scrapbook and there's all these newspaper clippings. And it's basically about the history of the Overlook. And that is why when he meets uh, Grady later, he says, I saw your picture in the paper. When he says, I know all about you. You know, you, you, know, you, you blew your wife's head off. You, you blew your head <laughs> off. You killed your family. That whole fucking thing. Because he, he was going to do something completely different. Then when he started... Uh, finding things out about the history of the hotel and all these things that have happened in it, good and bad, he was going to base his novel on things that have happened at this hotel in, in a manner of speaking. They were figuring into his work. Well, my mind was definitely more, I, again, not to make a joke about it, but just from a, from a, a sales standpoint, wouldn't it be hilarious to market his book by Jack Torrance and just have every page say, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy for like 200 pages? Dude, <laughs> shot. People I'm would shocked buy it's that. never come out. I would buy it. Exactly. I'm shocked. <laughs> I know. But it, it has to be accurate to By the Jack film. Torrance. You have well, to that, go that through would those just pages. Be and do yeah. It that way. yeah, but it, I mean, like in a, like a hard copy cover. By Jack Torrance. Christian, do you wish you By had Jack a little Torrance. boy that lived in your mouth? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he wants him to be in his stomach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, D Danny's performance in this is fantastic. What a what a performance from a kid. Oh man. Oh wow. It's yes. really because uh, he had to do every scene like a hundred times each. <laughs> yeah, oh, he was I really. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think he he might have taken it easy on him. I know that 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 Scatman Crothers and Wendy went through fucking hell. That much yeah. I know. Cooper, Cooper destroyed Wendy. Destroyed Shelley Duvall. She's a mess now because of him. Yeah, that's something, ain't it? That's fucked yeah. up. I tried to think about it when I watched the film because. Am I you know, crazy, or when he's riding his uh, his little tyke or four wheeler, whatever it is, around the hotel, wheel. is it is it red big wheel? Is it red at first and then it becomes blue, or is it always I blue? I, I think it was always blue. Okay, I don't know why I thought the first time he was riding it, it was red and then it turns blue. Not no, that I would analyze it. Great, if it did, those but... are great shots, though. Uh, like, let's oh, talk about the it. score of the movie first off. The score oh, of the movie. We even oh. first off, I mean, we've been talking about the movie for a while now already, but the score is beautiful. So good. Oh my god. Amazing score, haunting score, 
and the visuals, the sweeping shots, the helicopter shots at the time. Now they'd be drone, but helicopter shots when it comes down through the oh. valley and up and then showing How'd the they make the helicopter so quiet? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the, the landscape and Earl the Jack shots are, 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 uh, are stunning. They really are. And when they and, reuse the exact shot, but at night in Doctor Sleep, oh, God. And, awesome. yeah, it's beautiful. And then uh, the location's amazing. The Outlook Hotel as as a main location's fantastic. How about the, the Overlook? Hedge maze. That, the, what did I say? The Outlook? Overlook? The sorry, out- Overlook. The Outlook. My, the Microsoft, Overlook. Microsoft, Microsoft Overlook? Yeah, the Outlook <laughs> Hotel, you fucking skunk. And the the maze, the hedge maze, brilliant. That's Dude, that's where Alahan that... should have gotten killed. He should have gotten there. Maybe, maybe been knocked out. Danny and then hightail it into the thing, and then Hallahan comes in to try to help, and then it's a it's a scare or a kill in Hall- the maze. Halloran or Hallahan? <laughs> what did I say? Hallahan. 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 Hallahan solo. Hallahan on you. Are you? How the hell are you? I want to see a black Han Solo. Or I want to see Han Solo with Scatman Crothers. I was saying Hallahan, but go fuck yourself. I know, Hallahan. I'm sorry to say. I didn't, like, I just, it's funny that you just keep saying everyone's name wrong. Pamela Anderson was in this too. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what's a great shot? And it reminded me of um, Hereditary's opening shot is the shot where Jack's looking at the maze model. And you see them moving around in it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Dude, that's, yeah. I think Hereditary kind of stole that when they're looking in the dollhouse at the beginning. And then they, be, they come to life in the dollhouse. Let me tell you something about Hereditary. When Hereditary, when I went to see Hereditary with my wife, the first thing I said when the movie ended was, I go, and there we see once again the Shining's influence on modern films still. That was one of the first things I took away from Hereditary is that it was inspired by The Shining. Because this movie has inspired, and I spot it every single time. Maybe there's been times that I've been wrong and, I, and I've been reaching because of my love for the movie. But I, I don't know. I see things all the time, and I say, that, that's, a, that's from The Shining. That's from the, it happens all the damn time, and it just mm. it continues to, to influence. But as far as Halloran and where he dies, earlier on in the film, when he is bouncing the ball, when you see um, Jack in the, in the Colorado room doing the thing, it actually happens to be by the spot where where Jack, pardon me, where um, Dick gets killed later on in the film. And on top of that, there's a little black bear. There's a little stuffed animal wearing similar clothes, laying on the ground, where where um, Holleran ends up dying. So it was foreshadowing something. Oh. And as long as you're talking about clothes, back to the Native American thing. There's the opposite thing. Everybody's wearing red, white, and blue. There are flags all over the movie. All kinds of American flags. And all the clothes that Danny and Wendy wear throughout the whole movie are all red, white, and blue. You can't tell me this doesn't... Again, I'm not putting on that hat and saying that every single thing. I'm not talking about the, the distance to the moon and the freaking... The guys uh, where they shake hand, it looks like it's his dick, and you play things backwards. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that Kubrick did have intent on, on, on some of these things. And that's the, those are the only things I'm going to no, point out. I, I will say that someone of Kubrick's stature from, from a direct a direction, a director standpoint, excuse me, that would play into it. Like Hitchcock did costumes, meant stuff, angles, meant right. stuff. They wasn't just there for, for shits and giggles. There's a reason why they do things the way that they did things. And the reason why they would do them over and over again, framing what's in the frame that all plays into it. 
But yes, you're right. When it starts getting into the way they come in and shake hands and whatever, sometimes I feel like that's stretching and reading into it maybe a little too much. But I, I respect them for trying. But definitely things like the, the, the style of clothes and the color choices definitely mean something. Yes. Or, 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 or were, were put there because Kubrick wanted them there. And Halloran also had to die because of, you know, the opening the first time Danny shines and he has the image of the blood, the blood flow in the hotel and that face he makes, that screaming face. That's the oh. face he makes when Dick gets killed. That's the exact face. That's the foreshadowing of his reaction to Dick. He doesn't know it, but that's that's the exact scene. After Dick gets killed, that's the face he makes. Yep. So those are the two yep. scenes that that, you know, it's foreshadowing. I guess he, yep. he doesn't shine well enough to know that that Dick just got killed. Otherwise, be like, hey, man, Dick, you're going to die. <laughs> I like This is a movie yep. that I like to watch by myself. I actually like late at night, no lights by myself. I don't want any di- uh, any distractions. I, I didn't like watch when it you watch it alone, too. Time. I like when you watch it alone. <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs> I, I watched it with the family this time. I watched it with my daughter, who really wanted to see it, and my wife, who's, who's seen it numerous times before. Uh, my daughter wasn't blown away. She said there were things that she liked. But overall, she was expecting more just knowing that it was a quote-unquote classic and that I, that I was going on about it. Well, it's weird because this is, this is a slow burn, whereas I think if she feels that way, she'd probably prefer Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep That's definitely – Exact, exact conversation. Yeah. Not to cut you off. That's exactly what I said. It said the thing that probably you weren't prepared for is you're here at – the overlook, God for fucking bet I say anything differently, hotel <laughs> with them for this movie. That's it. That's where you with, are. With Dick Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the maze. I said, whereas the Doctor Sleep plays out like a movie where you're yeah. multiple locations with way more characters and this, that, and the other thing. I said, even though it's long and I'm going to be watching the director's cut, I said, you would probably much prefer Doctor Sleep is what my, my thought process was. She didn't watch Doctor Sleep with me, though. Okay. Okay, now let me tell you about my my me and my family. Oh, what goes on here? I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie, and since I've been with my wife, eight years is it? Since we've been together, uh, it just all it just so happens to be her favorite horror movie too. I've probably watched this with my wife ten times already with just her, not counting all the times I watched it before her. So anytime I can put on The Shining. She's watching with me now. It's gotten to the point that my daughter has now seen it like five or six times. And this has become my daughter is so good with listen to this. We're we're watching the movie, Frankie and I and my wife. Okay. And there's this scene. (laughs) And now we walk around the house all the time quoting this movie. And I will get to there are so many things that I say in my daily life from this movie. You you would think I was nuts. I, I, I say shit. All, I, little things. It's like the part when he goes, oh, you're the important one. And he fucking, and, and that and things. Little things that I, I have said through all my life. Go check it out. That is the thing I say all the fucking time. If I say the word, if the word check it out is said in this house between my wife or I, the other person is going to automatically say, go check it out. Always. <laughs> it's just, we, we quote this movie non-fucking-stop. I mean, the word situation that I use over and over and over again solely comes from this movie because of Delbert Grady. Did you know that your son is attempting to bring an outside party into this situation? That whole word situation got started for me fucking 20 years ago, and I never stopped using it. Anyway, he did, he didn't I'm not going to go on situation and on and on. in his first 30 years of life. 
Well, no, Christian, no. I didn't. Where's your head? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I didn't use situation. <laughs> I wasn't as obsessed. <laughs> we're watching no, this got... movie. Listen now, we're watching this movie, and there's the scene with uh, with this is what it's, we're watching the movie, and this is what happens. Dick says to uh, to Danny, okay, he says, "What kind of ice cream do you like?" <laughs> okay, my daughter simultaneously answers with Danny says chocolate, and then I simultaneously <laughs> answer with Dick, chocolate it shall be. It's to the point that I could quote the movie throughout, and my wife <laughs> is catching up to me at about eighty percent, and my daughter's probably at fifty percent. So this this is the Zendano family fucking movie now this has always been my movie everybody in this house is getting to the point that they can watch it and quote it like start to finish and it's it's so much fun now because because of that except they always tease me about being jack you know oh dad this is you this is you he says this i'm like i'm not that bad i go well i may think that way i would never say it to you though <laughs> you You're know, the I'm best damn bartender from timbuktu to portland maine I think, they, uh, <laughs> I think they expand on that uh, part in um, in Dr. Sleep. And I think it's the director's cut version because I don't remember them going into the detail that they did in the regular cut with him talking about um, how. <laughs> well, we'll get to we'll get to they do extend it. You are. That is yeah. one of the extended yeah. scenes. Yes. But I like you, Lloyd. I've always liked you. <laughs> Best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu. <laughs> To Portland, Maine. Portland, Oregon, for that matter. But no, yeah, I could do this the whole fucking movie with the, with is Jack's lines. I would say bar none, I know everyone. There's there's very few movies I could do that. But again, I I love his performance. I love his character. Even though he's a heel, he is the best heel to me, and it's the best performance. I fucking and this movie has so many classic scenes. You have scene after fucking scene after scene that are just to me they're just classic scenes. It's just, so much is going on here. When he's staring I mean, out that window when they first go out into the maze and he's staring out that window, like that's when you're like, he's fucking gone. That's it. He's gone. Oh, that look is amazing. <laughs> that look. And the like, music they play. Yeah. During it. That's, the music is perfect for every. When you think about a scene in this movie, how many times do you hear the music for that scene? Like the boom when he pulls into and, and sees the fucking the, the the twins the music that's played in two three yeah. seven when he gets there the music that's played when he's holding his son on the bed which is the most haunting scene in the movie to me now but i'm sorry i didn't mean to, to jump in that that scene with him looking out no, the window it is. the scene and, you know what that, that is an underrated scene him with danny on the bed because that's a scene where also there's there's a little bit of humanity in him there even though he seems like he's drugged out of his mind, he's saying nice things to Danny and he seems genuine. You know, the things he's Scary. saying to him, you know, I, I, I've always loved you. I would never do anything to hurt you. I wish we could stay forever, you know, stuff like that. Right do you after feel... the twins say it to him. It, exactly. He yeah. I even that? wrote that. Yeah. that yeah. 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 Forever and ever. And then oh, he yeah, said forever and ever. And that, yeah, I, I, I even have a, a line connecting the two right here on my uh, on my notes. Now, am I crazy? Like, granted, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it actually makes more sense if this is true. But when he's talking to Lloyd, does he say something about it happening three years ago? He fucks up. Yes, he fucks up because he even says this is what this is the problem. Because he do, he is right about the first thing he says. Here's the five miserable months on the way again. Yeah, and all exactly. the irreparable harm that it's caused me. Okay, so we that he's acknowledging he's been sober for five years. But then when he talks about the injury to his son, 
Yeah, he does say that. So, so three so, years, three years. What wasn't it like right before he got sober? Like probably six or seven. Goddamn years ago. Yeah, it was, yeah. I yeah. like it though because that just shows he's completely out of his fucking mind. Like, right. Like it's he might have said that he might as well have said it was forty years ago, even though the kid's five. He is on that scene and he does say that. You're right. I think it's because of the intoxication. He yeah. he is lured in. He even starts to exhibit um, traits of someone who's drunk. You can't tell me that he's that he doesn't seem like a drunk person in, in the final act of the film, the way he's acting, especially when he's walking through the maze. Oh, that's a fucking drunk person. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I got I triple dog dare any one of our listeners to to find a still of Jack Nicholson from this movie where he doesn't look fucking crazy. <laughs> just go I agree. I agree. I, I just look for stuff. And on top of it, I think I want to re-edit the interview scene and just whenever they cut back to him, just have like, oh, I think you're not going to see it because of the, just have it cut to that shot every time. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> That's the greatest. And like, I know what he's you think you're going to take this job? <laughs> yeah, I'm on that. <laughs> yeah, he looks bad. He's covering up. Question? Someone doesn't want to be pictured. What's with <laughs> the bear? The guy in the bear suit, the guy. I you're love in, that scene. You're not into furries? It's creepy, <laughs> but it's creepy it's because amazing. what the fuck? It's a what the it's fuck amazing. moment. I it's fucking fun. love it so much, so much. It's so out of fucking left field. But I will I will attempt to explain it. Is that, that is Barf so... from Spaceballs? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Barf from Spaceballs. Barf all of you. Barf! Barf! <laughs> That's what I thought about. I'm like, it's far from space. Oh my god! I I, I always wondered about that too. Here's the explanation. As far as it being in this movie, I think it's just done for fucking for whatever to be a fucked up scene. But there is a scene. Pardon me. There is a a situation in the book, and there's a party that they flash back to. And during that party, it was it was there was a something happened. It was a costume party, and that night these two men engaged in a homosexual act and they weren't known to be homosexuals and in this thing a guy was holding a leash and at the end of the leash was a guy dressed up in a dog costume like i think the guy dressed up as a dog for this party and this other guy said i'm going to take the leash and walk you around and they ended up doing this thing and making everybody laugh all these you know i actually, freaking... I actually think it's a dog now that you say that i think it is well, a that's dog. What it, it is but looks, it looks more it looks more bearish hundred percent. It looks more bearish, but in but the implication there—that's like one tiny little scene <laughs> that comes from the book that he decided to to keep into the movie. So he showed something like that happening. But in the you book, what? that's what happens. It's crazy because I used to think like, oh, what the hell does this mean? And like, of course, you know, it comes from the book, and that's that's awesome. Like, because I didn't know that because I haven't read the book, but to me, like watching it now, it's like okay, like obviously this dark this hotel is dark and there's more craziness and debauchery that went on beyond just the, you know the stuff we know about beyond grady beyond what's happening with with the torrance family so we know this there's a lot of dark history here so i just looked at it as more debauchery and and horrors and it's really frightening looking when you see it there yeah he oh, just sort of looks up and barf <laughs> we haven't talked i mean we have talked about it we danced around it but that woman in the tub was the stuff of nightmares when I was a kid. Yeah. Another thing that was just an image that will I couldn't like unsee. Now, you woman know, in the bathtub burns itself is, in, is Grady's sorry? wife, right? Would, woman in the bathtub is Grady's wife? Not necessarily. That's Not the necessarily. implication. People think it, but 
I don't necessarily think that's what it is, and I don't think it well, matters. I don't think it matters either. The only reason why I could see it might be because you do see she, you know, she's a beautiful woman at first, you know, then she becomes hard. Maybe he drowned her in the tub, and the way she looks is just the effect of leaving her in the tub and her spirit and her her body just rot, well, and that's why she presents that way. And then he went and you know axed the twins, but but yeah, I mean either way, like I, it doesn't matter if it is or isn't. It's still bloated and and, and, and peeled. Yeah, because yeah. she turns into that nice looking. Rod that he uh, oh yeah <laughs> she wigs me out she wigs well, me out even when she, no 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 even, even normal she, yes even normal something about the way she moves and looks even uh, it's always kind of like wigging body me horror out. again the body right. horror honestly <laughs> though when she's all when she's all fucked yeah. up you should hear her podcast voice <laughs> <laughs> back to that okay I, I do know her you voice. should hear her podcast voice. oh. <laughs> All I know is the laugh is the best. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and the best part of it all, the best part of it all is that even after he leaves and closes the door and he's going down the hall, she's in the room sitting by herself still laughing. <laughs> I love it. Just think about that. <laughs> she's still in it's there. Creepy. It's creepy. It's creepy as shit. It's oh, amazing. I, it's my love. I have one other question i won't say quibble question danny's okay running around i hit my computer running around in the fucking hedge maze when it's sub-zero temperatures all night long jack is wearing a fucking coat and he's the one that freezes to death well danny gets out he's out there right he's out there much longer yeah, jack's out there until the next morning <laughs> well because he freezes to death in mid-pursuit He's nuts. I think at some point he just probably sat down and just was like, I'm going to freeze here. He's and nuts. I just found that a little weird. I, know, I, I did turn to my wife there and she said, yeah, I kind of agree with that. It was just odd. They do cut to him afterwards in that kind of haunting and yet somewhat silly shot of him frozen silly. in daylight. That's haunting. Oh, I love it. I love that shot. Haunting. I love, uh, we, we haven't really talked much about Danny, but I love his Tony voice and I love the idea oh, that, that yeah, he reverts. Beautiful that he reverts to Tony because he's so traumatized by what's going on that he just, he's almost like in hiding. Like Tony has taken over to protect him. And I love the fact that you think Tony is, you know, obviously you don't, if you've seen it a hundred times, like most people, but if you watch it for the first time, you think Tony is some evil force inside Danny when Tony is, you know, I thought it was Tony Danza. It was. I was waiting for Tony Danza. <laughs> and, the, and then Elton John Yo, came on and saying, hold, hold me closer, Tony Danza. Yeah. Yeah. We... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Midnight with the stars and you. Midnight and a rendezvous. Let me tell you about this fucking... Oh, God, there's so many places I can go. Let me go back to what you just said, see? You were talking about 237. I fucking love 237. I love that scene. It's incredible. Once again, there's a mirror involved. When he when he, when he he makes the discovery of what it is, it's through a mirror. Also, back to the Lloyd scene. When he's having the discussion with Lloyd, there is a mirror behind Lloyd. There's... And, and there's all the shit with mirrors. Mirror with the red room thing at the end. Dude, anyway, there's mirrors when he's when he's drunk and walking down the hallways, and you did that thing where he's going, Ugh, you see the mirrors, and if you look like in the reflections of the mirrors and stuff, like but that's always it, we it, talked about this when we did uh, Dress to Kill, the doppelganger uh, kind of like dual. Uh, there's two yeah, dual personality, whatever. Yeah, dual like, personality, yeah, whatever. Maybe like a, a reflection of like a, yeah. a, just you can read it in so many different ways. That, that, I love that shit, dude. That's cool. There is. And 237, that fucking room, 
I 100% love everything about that room. If I was a fucking, if I had a mansion, I would have 237 put in my fucking, because I am in love, in love with that carpet. Everybody loves the other carpet that everybody always talks about, the regular, which I think is great, but 237 is the best carpet in this fucking hotel. <laughs> I don't know if I broke up, because I know that it's been kind of wonky on your end, so maybe I broke up, but earlier, I, been, I, I jokingly said, they also seemed very disappointed in the room they got, where he's like, oh, oh yeah. Hey. And she's like, no, yeah. he but, likes it. And, no, they don't seem to like it. They like, we were all looking at each other going, they don't like this. And my wife's like, oh, cause it's so small. I'm like, well, it's a room though. And there's multiple areas, but they seem very disappointed. And she's like, well, look when they go in the room two, three, seven, for instance, it seems so much more, so much more, uh, yeah, were, like, like yeah. larger, excuse me. You uh, know why? And more to it. You know why? Because that that's just a regular room for a king where in this room, uh, they get they get a family room because they have to have the extra bedroom for Danny. That's why he looks in and he goes, perfect for a child, you know. And then he goes over and he pushes the thing in the bed and he goes, cozy. Yeah. I can yeah, see but that. They seemed disappointed. Not, he was disappointed, they, they but they like, but they cozy, they referenced like, that he gave it to them because you know it's easy to heat and you know it's sort of like yeah. more functional than than taking you know a bigger room in the hotel. But they said feel free to you know use the hotel. Sure. <laughs> But they did it because there was that extra room there for Danny to sleep in. Yeah. The other roommate probably didn't have that. But, but I, I guess the, I guess when he says, "Well, it's very uh, homey," and he has that that, that grin, I, I never took it, it took it as disappointment. But I think you might be right because cozy and homey, I could see being their, their descriptions and their facial expressions show disappointment. Okay. But- they're, 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 but they're trying to be polite about it because, of course, they're the new kids on the block. I don't know if you saw Donnie, but oh, he was oh, there. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, they're, and they're employees. And so I think they True. weren't trying to offend, but I think they were disappointed. Don't let it get you down, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> no, I hear you. And one more thing that you said before. Uh, the maze. I think that there's so much adrenaline through Danny. There's no time to think about being cold or anything like that. He's running for his life. He's five years old. He's just trying to escape his father. Where his father's on a different level of thinking. That's why I don't think he think you think about cold. He's just fucking. He's just booking it freaking nonstop, running away from his father. So I think it's a lot of adrenaline. You know that's why I don't. Think I could have a, maybe a shot or two of adrenaline going through me too if I was trying to axe my family to death. Well, yeah, but it's yeah, different but when he's him. stuck in there. He's beat he up. Out. He's walking slow. Danny boy. You know, and he's walking. Oh, because he got knocked I mean? down the stairs. You're yeah, correct. he's already yeah, hurt. He's, he's limping. Beat up. He's got, probably got a head injury. Right. He's, yeah. oh, he, is a, he does have a head injury. She whacks him with the fucking, with the bat when he goes down the stairs. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm he, saying he's, un- he's not unconscious. Unconscious, mind you, that she's able to pull him and Where put him he? in the thing. Unconscious, unconscious. mind you. I mean, mind I mean in the fucking head. I can't God mind anything if I'm unconscious. <laughs> Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Wendy. Oh, that is the best. That, God. I know you're saying that's the best. That's the part that I'm like, it just pulls me out a little bit. That's when I turn to my, my wife and daughter and I'm like, ah, he's kind of, this is the part that always kind of rubs me the wrong way. She's like, no, he's, he, this is good. And my daughter's like, no, he's creepy, dad. I'm like, okay, it's just me then. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I was glad they were enjoying it. But overall, my daughter thought it was a little too slow and not enough scare. I said, hon, you got to watch this by yourself late at night. Trust me, it will get into you. How about, when he flip, how about when he flips out, you know, when she discovers his writing and he starts flipping out and he's talking about his responsibility to the hotel. Meanwhile, the only the only image you see throughout the movie is Wendy 
going to the boiler room. Wendy was the one running the hotel clean. She was Jack the one bringing was doing, food to the room. <laughs> like Jack everything. did shit. She took it. She was the caretaker of the Overlook. He, he was writing. He was writing exactly. But he's like, novel that like, I want to. He's market. like, this is my my responsibility to this hotel. I was like. She's the one going down, checking the boiler, doing all this, doing all the cooking, and taking care of everything. She's running the hotel here. But that's I that's correct. Saying, that's correct. But he's saying, just, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I just was. I added on the bread. And my wife is like going, "Well, what a shit job she's got. She's got to like play like cook now for the whole winter and and whatnot." That's what. So Danny was five years old, correct? We've established that he's five in yeah. this. Uh-huh, so when did yeah. he break his arm? When he was five months earlier. There's only okay preschool because that's why they pulled him out of preschool. So, oh shit, what were we saying now? That scene. Wait a minute, I lost my train. Well, you're talking about Um, uh, her doing all the work. Okay, so she's doing the work. He's writing, but when he's at that point in the movie, when he's she wants him to fucking leave. She wants him to leave, and then there goes his, his his job. You know what I mean? That's what he's mad about. What would happen to me, you know, if I could? I I have signed an agreement, a contract. You know, he's like, <laughs> if I leave now, what's gonna happen to me? Because he talks about it earlier. You know, what, would you ever realize what would happen to my career if I were to leave now? He goes, what, what would I be? Because I have I have an I have an agreement with these employees as an employer. I have agreed to to stay at this place, you know, until May the first. I, I I that's why he's saying that. He just said, oh, he's mad because she wants to leave. He just wants to fucking stay. He doesn't care about the day-to-day. His job, as far as his he's concerned, is that now he has enough solitude to write the book. He just wants to write this fucking book. That's his gig. You know what I mean? Until the wheels come off and he goes to the bar. and First he meets Lloyd. And then he goes to the gold room later for the party. And then, you know, now he's like, okay, well, your son is trying to fuck shit up here. And you're an employee of this hotel and so am I. And so is everybody here. You got to do what's right by the hotel, by management. You know what I mean? That's why they're buying you drinks and everything else. So, yeah, all she has to do is make sure the place doesn't, you got to mess with the boiler. You got to do a couple things. If something breaks, fix it. But, I mean, the way I look at it, his job is to stay there and write the book to him. And, and you know, and, and make sure that nobody leaves. <laughs> if oh, yeah. They stay I, there until May. Yeah. They can't leave. Yeah. That's why he's so upset. But, I mean, God damn. The dialogue in that film, the, everything that's going on with him, when it's like, you've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few more minutes going to do you now? Oh, God. Oh, I fucking uh, adore the, adore Is this it. the only movie where the ghosts are snowbirds? The ghosts are snowbirds? Meaning that, like, they only show up during the winter months? <laughs> Well, the ghosts are always there. Okay, but they only—they're always there. But like from May to like to October, no one's complaining about it. Nobody can see it. You have to shine. There has to be something going on there. Like, like, and Dick sees it. Obviously, he knows something's up in two, three, seven. He's never there in the fucking in the off season, so he knows because he's even thinking about it. Because Danny reads his mind. Because Danny yeah. out of nowhere says, you know. Which you one, know, three, why are you what scared about, of room 237? What about yeah. 237? Room 237? You're scared of room 237, ain't you? And he's like, no, I ain't scared of nothing. And he goes, what's in room 237? You know, that whole thing, and he's like, nothing. There ain't nothing in room 237, but you ain't got no business going in there anyway. So stay out, you understand? Stay yeah. out. Damn it, Christian. Like I'm watching the movie that? all over again. Yeah, I know. Why did you say that they, uh, they had to be snowbirds? Now that's messing with me. Yeah, they're not snowbirds. They're always there. The only reason they could see them, Dick, you have to shine 
Dick explains it in that very scene. Only I know, but Jack up, doesn't. But Jack doesn't shine. You don't understand. Jack does shine. Jack has it in Wendy. him too. Wendy only sees it at the end when the hotel is so strong that it's actually overpowered fucking reality by that time because it's so strong because of feeding off of Danny and now feeding off of Jack. Jack shines. Jack gets it from fucking Danny gets it from Jack. But Danny's just way more powerful, kind of like what we're going to touch in on Dr. Sleep. He has a lot more power. And keep in mind, Jack drinks to dull the fucking shine. He doesn't like what's going on. Obviously, Jack shines. That's why he meets Lloyd. That's why he's part of all this shit. He sees things, but has learned to dull it with alcohol. And because when, you, you, when you're an adult, you've already dulled it with alcohol. You get older, you pass it off as something else. And some people have like psychic abilities. In real life, maybe if you buy into that and choose not to fucking acknowledge it because it's ridiculous or it's scary to them. It's the if same I shit. If I didn't shine, if I shine, I was shine too then because I see the ghosts. So if I didn't shine, this would be ghost free, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Wendy doesn't see shit till the end. And when she does see it, it's just a couple of things. It's because the hotel has gotten so strong at that point. And now they've sacrificed uh, Dick. They, they, they sacrificed someone who's come in that place that does shine. Danny sees it all. It's just like he says. What's a, things are here. But he says, not things that anybody can see, but only people that shine can see. Those are his exact words to Danny. So he's like, it's pictures in a book. Don't let it fuck with you. You know what I mean? And really, they are, then they only ruin it with that one, because she only sees that one guy, that toaster, right? At the end, well, she sees the guy in the bear. She, she sees, sees the, the skeletons. Oh, yes. She sees and the she skeletons. Sees a lot, actually. That, that kind of does seem like a little bit of a mishap. Just her. Not Just a mishap, but it's only... No, because it's only in the fucking third act when shit's hit the fan and the hotel is strong enough to not just be a sleeping hotel. Okay. These ghosts and have all... Fucking, there's enough power now. It's also a little bit of a mishap on Jack's part if you're saying he shines and he's sober when he first gets there and in the first month, nothing happens. They jump a month forward into the story the minute they're at the hotel. So he should have been he he should have been more susceptible to shining before he became uh, crazier. Who's to say he wasn't? And that's what was going on with him. He sucked into the dark side of it. That's why he's going crazy because the hotel is fucking. They like I said, or if you want to go the hell thing, like I'm saying, and he's forced to relive his own hell. Either way, they're attracted to them both for different reasons. Mm. You know what I mean? Jack is fucking being used. Danny is like the light. He's a they meat know vessel. He's, yes, he is. 100%. Yeah, that, that's how. They, okay, yeah, you it's just like said it, that's, that's, that's how I see it. They're using Jack as a vessel to get to Danny. Yes. Yes. So, I, so I. So but I'm still, I'm, more powerful. But I'm, I'm not really. I'm not really sure Jack shines or or the or the overlook just opens itself up to him. Either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. I'm. You know. I'm. I'm critiquing again. Simply for the fact of having a podcast. If we all just came on here and be like, I love this, I love this, I love, you know, I'm just trying to make sense of certain things. I still love this film either way. But uh, I guess the argument as to whether Jack has some shine in him or not is, uh, is well, meritable. I came up with questions. It's, it's exactly that. I had yeah. to come up with questions because I knew if anybody was going to have the answer, it'd be uh, Mr. Number One Movie, Dave Z over here. Like, I mean, and not in a bad way. I want, this is what we no, do. No, no, no. Right? I've, maybe I've shine. The preach on the craft. If you told me the craft is your number two movie of all time, maybe I would have come more prepared for the game. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, listen, listen, no, no, no. <laughs> Jack may not shine. Maybe that's the wrong terminology. If you're taking the what I'm saying before, he's reliving this hell and he's susceptible to all these bad things. He sees Lloyd. 
and everything changes. He gives into it. And right before he sees Lloyd, what are his words exactly to the T? I'd give anything for a drink. I'd sell my goddamn soul for a yeah. beer. As soon yeah. as he says that, he looks up, boom, there's fucking Lloyd. So in other words, he's giving the hotel himself. He's coming to that conclusion that he's, I'm going to sell my goddamn soul for a drink. And yeah, boom, it's a, it's a very, dream, it's a very dreamlike state from then on. Cause if you notice when he first gets there, no money in the wallet. When he comes back later, the money is back in the wallet. Yeah, I know. I love it. I like that stuff. They could have easily <laughs> had uh, a throwaway line with, uh, with, cause he says like, I know you shine and he says, not everybody shines or whatever. He, he, he goes through that he goes where'd you get it from your daddy or whatever they could have put that in but they didn't they chose not to so i don't think he kind of he kind of throws it into dr sleep when he says everybody has a little bit of light and dark in them you know right how much do they have and and how much and how susceptible are they just like they say that everybody you know could if they open themselves up to psychic phenomena everybody could could shine it's yeah. basically going along that line, but uh, yeah. the, there's there's only some people that know they have it and that are very strong and they can use it. Danny yeah. is like a Jedi. Danny is, like, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. He is extremely strong, stronger than anybody. You know what I mean? Until it, 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 at this point. And we could go on and talk. I know we can, I, right, but at some I, point we're gonna have to we're gonna have to tailor it because we've got another full movie that I have a yep. feeling we're gonna be talking about just as much. Uh, so. I don't know if there's final thoughts or feelings. I know I always the one that kind of rushes it up, yeah. but I think we we kind of like we we hit along a lot of it without doing the the crazy two three seven deep dive, and I'm so glad we didn't do that. I think we no. talked about what was important from the movie standpoint. Um, I don't think we need to go into all, all the the craziness uh, of of every camera angle because I don't think everything no. holds the weight and meaning that they say. I think there there's a reason why they do things, and I think sometimes it's just a the flow of the of the camera and the movement of the film that uh, Cooper gets interested in as well. He likes his movie the, to have the, like the burial ground comment. Could almost it's a, it's there in the movie, but it doesn't have to be like you said, deep dived into. And uh, like I said, I enjoy this film more now because I find it very simplistic. I don't overanalyze it. it. There is a rhythm I to it, and there is a lot to analyze. But like you said, Dave, the way you see it with uh, yeah the pa- the Overlook is completely powered up, feeds off Dick Shine, is now revealing everything to Wendy. But also, another <laughs> way to shine. look at Dick Shine. <laughs> but also, but also, even if you look at it in a different way, Wendy's personality has changed. She's become a strong alpha. She's no longer she's no longer the submissive anymore. She's taking control. Go. So she's opened herself up now where she can see these things. She's like, I'm taking control. And that's when she starts to see the, the true horrors in front of her. There's a lot of stuff that can be analyzed. But basically, at the end of the day, it, I think it's a it's a, a pretty flawless film. I do I do have some nitpicks, but it doesn't see, change the fact that what's there to me is is perfect. And even the, the, nitpicks, the nitpicks to me are, again, what, what I love about movies. Because yeah. I, I have nitpicks about all my favorite films. Jack, Jack is crazy the whole time to me, but he's great as crazy. So the fact that I want to see him normal doesn't matter because I think he's crazy the whole time. Even if you don't see it that way, I see it that way. It doesn't matter. He's so great as being crazy. The fact that Dick dies so quickly, I I would have liked him not to, but that's awesome. How many times do we complain that they don't kill a character off too quickly or they let everyone, you know, who's important live? That's kind of a shock the first time you see that. You're like, oh, Dick's going to be, you know – I understand he's a hero to an extent that he distracts Jack from Wendy, but, you know, it's sort of like a 
it's not really like a very noble death. He's just walking and boom, great kill. Yeah. Shocking, that scream oh, and it's just an accident oh, chest, God. dead. All of a sudden, you know, a great character gone just in an instant. That's well, you think they, awesome. they, they do they do the setup. I think if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, here he comes to save the day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I nope. think that actually holds a lot of weight. We're looking at it again from multiple viewings. But if you have to go back to that first time, that would be a setup of like, here comes the her hero. They're going to take him down and, here and comes whatever. The hero. The Alan's hero. Yeah. And you know what? I have to like just to continue this. Robert Duvall's performance in this is just amazing. I'm kidding. Shelly Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> I've been screwed up everybody's name. Might as well make that joke. Shelly Duvall, we said it earlier, her descent into like not crazy, but into just fear. Very few get this right and i think she gets it perfect in this movie i think marilyn burns and texas chainsaw massacre gets it and i think she does it well in this as well i'm sure there's other ones but those are the two that come to mind with just being pamela anderson and friday the 13th <laughs> <laughs> friday the 13th i just oh, wanted I like just like watch this <laughs> you're doing uh get to the hall i'm crushing your head uh, crushing i'm crushing it, crushing it. <laughs> Nice. Anyway, I'm sure there's other ones that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but those are the two that come to my mind where you're just like being surrounded by madness and and the the actual reaction that you have. It's just yeah. it's a beautiful performance. I can't believe she oh. was even remotely nominated for a Razzie. I, I think it's whenever, you know what they, they criticize even like. Like the kid, like in the Babadook, is another big one who gets criticized a lot. And I think it's a great performance. I think it's it's the way the character is supposed to be. It's like flawless for what is supposed to be shown on screen. So I I don't get it. I don't get I it. I don't get it either. I don't know. I think she's great. I think she does what she's supposed to do. I think everybody does. Let me ask you this. This is what I was getting at earlier. And I, man, I want to take ten minutes just to talk about the shit I love. But hold on. Let me just say. We're not gonna let you. I know. If this if this movie was made today, if this movie was made today, they would call it a Me Too movie. Am I correct? Uh, Hundred yeah. fucking you're, you're, percent. Nineteen yeah. eighty. Oh, Guess what? It's not. It's nineteen eighty. If this movie was made in twenty twenty, they would insist. Oh, this is a Me Too movie. That is the problem with injecting politics into every fucking thing you watch, do, listen to, everything. That is the bullshit that goes on. It not could be I'm, worse than that. It could be even worse than that. If they put Bono in this, it'd be a YouTube movie. <laughs> awesome. No, that's great. We move no, I in just mysterious wanna... ways. <laughs> I just want to interject that because I this is what happens. Everything nowadays has to be... Uh, a, a swerve or some a statement of fucking uh, this or uh, that. If this movie was made in 2020, they would say that it that it's a Me Too movie. Guess what? It's not. People, there are abusive men and there are victims that are female to them and everything else. That doesn't mean anything. Am I insensitive to any of this shit? Fuck no. Of course not. My daughter went through shit. She's been shit. Who's to say I haven't been through stuff when I was a kid from people? No. Things happen. Everything doesn't have to have a political slant. That's the problem with, with movies and art now being subjective nowadays to every fucking thing. This is just the story Stephen King wrote. A guy abused his wife. At the end, she overpowered him in a matter of speaking. Things happen. So what? Yeah, she's This should be injected, but by, by putting it and doing it now, it's the climate that we're in now that dictates the movement that gets 
attached to the movie. That's the that's the difference. It's the time frame. I I agree, Dave. I wholeheartedly I mean, agree. Just, but that's the reason. Art that hasn't changed. Reason, yeah. Art hasn't changed. People's interpretation no. of it is, is is the problem. Like okay, Fiona album, just Fiona album, Fiona Apple just came out with her album last week. I fucking adored. I adore her. I've listened to the album six times in eight days. That's how much I love it. Okay, there was an article put out about how this is a Me Too album. This is the same fucking subject material that Fiona has done since the 90s. So the, the things she's singing about. There's no difference in what she's saying on this album and in any other albums. But now, because it's this 2020, oh, this is a Me Too album. Get the fuck out of here. That's the problem with freaking uh, people. The same inter- thing about my argument with Summer Party Massacre. Now, that was made in 1982. and But because it was directed by a woman, it's suddenly a feminist slasher film? I don't think so. I don't, re- I don't think so. I mean, American Psycho. I can I can make the argument for American Psycho directed two thousand. What she did with that movie, I think, does play into it uh, uh, more so. That I that I can agree with, um, definitely more so. It's not Slumber Party Massacre. Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, I don't think it was directed by the same person. It's kind of like saying that Humanoids from the Deep is a feminist horror film, because, a monster movie, because it was directed by a woman. It's not. It's still playing into the same exploitation nature of the of the genre. So. Right. Uh, Again, it but just is what it is. I just wanted to say that because I think that's what it, it boils down to. Yeah. I just want to say that because I, I think things like this need to be heard because it's like me, and I'm not somebody. I'm not coming from a conservative slant because I am 100% not conservative in the slightest. But I look at things because I'm a because I'm a centrist. I look at things for what I think they are. This is this. This is that. Whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm not insensitive. Just like the joke I said last show, which took off on the page a little bit about the uh, the voices of the females. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. But it's like I said, when I was when I was delivering pizzas, when I had the pizzeria back in the, it used to happen all the time. We would take an order on the on the thing, deliver to this place, and all of us would jump at it. Oh, this girl sounded real pretty. Boy, she sounded hot. Then you go there, 90% of the time it isn't true. So be it. Maybe I love all female voices. Maybe it's one hundred percent of the time. It never turned into the porno movie that it was always playing around in your mind, going, "This is the time they're going to invite me in to fuck them." <laughs> Did you ever cut a hole in the box? <laughs> and stick Junior through the middle of the pizza. There it is. Extra pepperoni. pepperoni. I did order. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> but I'm not a creep. And I'm not I'm not that type of guy that wants to shit on Me Too movements. Yeah, and, yes, any, any, it, am I sensitive that of, things happened? Yes, of course I am. My God. Yeah, any yeah. type of abuse shown in a movie today is Me Too. Any type of woman taking charge is a feminist movie. And, uh, and it's this, not this, true. This one has both, and it's not either of them. <laughs> and how about people that say that every movie that's made is making some type of artistic statement? Bull fucking shit. I can promise everybody listening right now or watching that when Exploding Heads make a movie, we're just making a movie because we want to make a kick-ass horror movie <laughs> and we maybe want to make some fucking money. That's it. Every movie is not an artistic With fucking a political... statement. Nothing, nothing. Fuck making statements. Just tell an entertaining story. That's it. That's but, it. But, That's it. But some people will tell you that every movie... Is a, is a statement that the director bullshit. is trying to say something with that movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is bullshit. Yes, I, I agree with you. So Thousands anyway, that has not happened. Let me just say this. Let me just go through this thing for five minutes and then I'll be done. Uh, okay. Da, 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 da. How funny is it that there's enough blood on the ground to move a chair? I don't think any amount of blood <laughs> could move a chair under any circumstances. Uh, what else? Uh, right up. Wish I, could. Oh, I always wanted to see the pick. 
of fucking. I, every time I watch the movie, I want to see the picture with Jack in it when they go by the Colorado Lounge. I wish there was a way I could pause it and see that before the movie ends, like change the angle or do something. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I wonder. The, the picture's if, already uh, there. The picture's already there. The question is, is he in the picture already? Yeah, I think he is. By, by the way, I'm interested. That would be it, cool. That would be cool if he was already, and I, you could see it. Because they, they show the pictures so many times. I want to yeah. talk about the dart scene being fucking terrifying. Every time I watch the movie, that fucking scares me. When he's playing darts and the way they zoom in on his face and he looks and just those two girls looking at him smiling and then yeah. walking out the room terrifies me. When he sees the fucking twins the first time in the hallway, yeah. it's fucking terrifying to me. All that shit is. It's, it, it works for me. It really works for me, you know? But... I mean, the maze and the model, and he's looking down at it, and just so good. That, that might just, be my favorite shot of the movie, the, the looking down at the maze, the model maze, and then seeing Danny and Wendy walking around, and it transitions oh, to the real maze. I love awesome. that shot. And how about his tie? Yeah, the tie. You know what? I like that. I told cool. a buddy of mine about that, and he's like, come yeah. on, that's bullshit. There's no way they Look did that it. intentionally. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's it's a maze. It's, it's a green maze. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know this till recently. You know what I mean? I didn't know that till recently either. And that's something like that's cool. Like even if it wasn't done intentionally, I'm I'm buying it that it that it was. (laughs) Yes. And the the shot of him when Danny goes in the bedroom, that fucking takes it to another level. Now when he's just sitting there on the bed, oh god, yeah, nothing. And the music that's playing, the 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 string instruments in the background, it's fucking terrifying. And when he brings over and the way he holds him and talks to him, you could tell how uncomfortable by Danny's body language, how uncomfortable he is because his father's hurt him before. And then he's getting vibes that my dad's going to hurt me because of his shine. And he's fucking terrified. That scene is so creepy to me. More than any other shot in the movie now. That that it's that weird. It's weird. That I get it from his standpoint. It's creeping, but I almost felt like the things that that Jack was saying were genuine. Like he's not like, not by the look on his face. I don't know. I well, think I think it's similar to the look. But he always he says, "I love you. I would never hurt you." I think that's sort of like his uh, almost like a a struggle within him. But he wasn't. I don't think he was gonna. He never. He didn't get a sense he was gonna hurt him there. But it's definitely foreshadowing because he says, "Are you fe- are you feeling bad?" Yeah, right. Danny says that to him. Up on it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, exactly. Man. And uh, married man, are you, Mr. Grady? I fucking love it. The, the look that he gives him, it's like he's pulling something over on him. He should be disturbed by it, but he's happy. And he's like, and he put, has that towel in his hand, and he puts it down, and he goes, you know, and then you boo your brains out. Like he's fucking, he's like giving him a fucking, you know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> I know who you are. I saw you in the paper. He should be disturbed by it, but he's happy. He thinks he's pulling one over on him. I fucking love it. <laughs> oh God! And this scene when she does walk in, and he when she when he sees her when she sees him, and he's like, "How do you like it?" And she screams because she's just think about what's going through this woman's head. And she's reading. That's all he's written is all play, all work, and no play. Miss Jack at all, boy. That's fucking terrifying. Just it's imagine because there's like two thousand pages of it. That's what I'm saying. Imagine Can living I, with somebody that's been doing that. Holy Can I say fuck. it written by Christian Luciani if I put that book out? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. It will be by Jack Torrance. Dude, and that's another argument for why he's crazy the whole time because that you know a stack of papers that long he's been writing that for months. So that means he started. That's I mean, the minute really he's crazy. Yeah. that that's always why I thought like, hey, you're crazy from the minute you got there because you assume he started writing pretty quickly once they they settled in so, so that's, that's when she i know so everything he's writing it's like oh my god 
That's why he rips it up and, and when she walks in the room. And yeah, he I rips it up or he, or he takes it he or he takes it. it out. I think at one point he takes a piece out and he puts it face down. Also. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, now so we're gonna he's make like a covering it up. <laughs> My wife says that's I what I say. Maybe I can read a bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. She looks so happy. You're not going to read any of it. Not until later. Uh, I think Double Mint missed a, a perfect opportunity to sell more gum after this movie came out. Oh, shit. Chew it for us, Danny. Chew it for us. Yeah, forever and ever. (laughs) We should make that. That's something we should make. Holy fuck. Wow. Would would the patrons prefer Exploded Heads movie or just a a commercial? (laughs) (laughs) Or which one of the the movies we've already committed to would they like? (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the next poll. We have 40 treatments going right now. (laughs) I better anyway. stop. I'm not, I, I gotta yeah. stop. I'll we gotta because we, we gotta keep on uh, uh, going. We gotta talk about Doctor Sleep. Uh, let me guess. Old. Let me right. guess, Dave. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten, of course. God, I'm, uh, I'm interested, Brandon. Brandon looks like he was going that route, but I, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure if where he's. I'm staying. not changing my rating. I, I agree with some of the nitpicks you have, but, but I'm still at a ten out of ten because for a two and a half hour movie, for me to. To really have no issues, never look at a clock, and just enjoy every character, and I just—it's a perfect film. Yes. Well, I've—I've I've always gone back and forth. I've never been lower than a nine. I've always—I've gotten nine and a half and whatever. I—I I have these questions. I have these little things. Most of them are just me trying to get a reaction out of Dave. I still love the movie. I still adore the 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 score, the feel. Like I say, you watch just by yourself at night, no distractions. I know Dave, you got the family element there, but I love. Just sit down, let the movie take me in. I'm and with you. It is, it is terrifying. Take you in what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you, Shine. Thank you. May I have another? Shine uh, on. Shine on, Dick. I'm gonna say I am gonna say ten out of ten, and Ooh. it's it's because all the all the good scary shit outweighs any of the Jack being crazy right from the get-go. And Dave explained it to me. I, I can accept that. I'll Jason's going to be Jason's gonna be mad at us. He's going to be like, you criticize the movie and you give it a 10 out of 10. That's what you got to do. We got to, we got to, we got to critique everything. We got to break go it down. The, the emotional impact again, the, I, I will take if I, if whether this is good or not, the, the fact, the nostalgic fact of that being embedded in my head and scaring the shit of me as a kid and it being able to continue to scare me years, decades yeah. later. It's for me, enter- entertainment value at the end of the day for me is everything. From a technical standpoint, this film is perfect, but if it didn't entertain me, it wouldn't be a 10 out of 10. And that's where that's where everything lies for me. I know people in that best versus favorite Post, we're getting into no. you know you gotta analyze technical and stuff like that. I, I can't get I can't get into there. I can't get into that. It's to hard. me, at the bottom line, the overall rating comes from enjoyment. Comes from right. enjoyment. In fact, it has to. That's fine, and I enjoy because to. of technical aspects sometimes. I do well, too, but I have a per- but, but a perfect <laughs> you know? example for me from a technical standpoint was the lighthouse. Technically, a, a beautifully well made, acted, scored. Right. Cinematography but film. It's still a movie. It was a fucking shit. bore, though. Well, there you go. So there was there you no go. entertainment value. Exactly. That's you fine. need that. 
Exactly. Now look at it from this perspective, B. Look at it from this. If the Neon Demon wasn't presented technically the way it was, would it be a 9.5 out of 10 for you or a 10 out of 10? No, it would be an 8 out of 10 because it would be lacking those those attributes that fucking the music and the cinematography and the colors and the presentation technically. So then it wouldn't be as high. So therefore, it's only an 8 out of 10. Because it has those things, it's a 9.5 for me. That's how I sum it up. Do you know how, I, I'm sorry to take it on a side note here. Do you know how much it bothered me that Army of Darkness, Ash's gun would appear and disappear from a continuity standpoint in, in, in the hoister on his back? And I give that movie a 10 out of 10 and I was like always so pissed off. And like the nitpick things that I'll find it, in it, the movie it disappeared that will because eat he didn't away have, at me. It disappeared because he didn't have a holster. <laughs> he had well, a what holster. The fuck is, oh my God, I fucking hate this fucking guy. I hate <laughs> him. I love it. You're giving me gold here. It's oysters. You gotta take it. (laughs) Oh, and you know why Danny didn't save Dick? I figured it out right now. Because in, like, two scenes before, Danny was shining and heard Dick call them unreliable assholes. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Completely unreliable unreliable assholes. Yeah. That's why Danny's like, fuck this guy. (laughs) Okay, I gotta tell you guys about the dream I had about this movie. I had this dream once, Okay. And you're going to laugh at me, but it's still scary. In the dream, <laughs> Kevin Arnold, Kevin Arnold, <laughs> Wonder Years, okay, is fucking sitting there. And you know that heartbeat that plays, which it goes throughout Dr. Sleep? Yeah. When Danny's dreaming? Okay. So the heartbeat is going, actually, no, no, Danny wasn't dreaming. Dick was dreaming, and it brought it into 237, but then Danny was dreaming too. But anyway, because, okay, Dick is making that face. He's doing this. He's laying down in bed going, yeah. You know what I'm talking sure. about, right? Okay, in the dream I had, Kevin Arnold had his face painted white, and he was doing that. And then as the heartbeat is going on, it's going, doom, 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 doom. And his hands are getting closer and closer to his face. And then he puts his hands in his face and rips his fucking face apart with that shit ju- going. And you stuck boom, Junior boom, in there. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> he made and it then wider the Did you say Kevin Hart? Kevin Kevin oh, Arnold from the Wonder Years Kevin is fucking Hart. sitting down with white face paint and that heart is beating and he brings up his hand slowly and he rips his fucking face apart. And then the dream ends. And as the dream ends, that song comes on. That's at the end of The Shining. Midnight. Okay. And then I woke up from that fucking dream and I was terrified. And I was so afraid that I walked upstairs to go to the fridge to get a drink of water or something or other. This is years ago. I was at my mother's house still. And I thought, what would I do if I looked around the corner and I saw Kevin Arnold there right now? And it would have scared the fucking shit out of me. I would what, never if you saw Winnie, what if you saw Winnie Cooper? <laughs> that would help. That would have helped. Did he start singing Al Jolson when he was in Whiteface? <laughs> the sun shines east, the sun shines west, but I know where the sun shines best with my mammy. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we moment. stayed on for that joke. <laughs> hey, I think Al Jolson. If I did freeze, it was only for the moment. Okay? Which is another line that I use all the time, which is what fucking Jack says to fucking Grady when he, your wife seems to have gotten the better of you. Only for the moment. I can go on and on and on and I'll stop. 10 out of fucking 10. Let's move. Hall of Fame. It's the greatest. I'm happy. Sleep. <sighs> Oh, it was really cool because as we were breaking uh, in between just to cut the recording and make sure that Dave didn't Mr. Freeze on us, uh, Jamie actually posted to our Exploding Ants patrons page 
uh, tagging me in it to clarify about the ratings. Because I said that we base ratings on uh, on the feels. I said, like like Jamie's, uh, Jamie says, uh, it's all posted in the page. Because we're running long here, I won't get into it now. But it's kind of cool because uh, I think it reiterates the way we just rated. Well, not for you, Dave. Dave, you was always a 10 out of 10. But the way I rated even the shiny too. Flaws and all, a 10 out of 10. That's what it boils oh, yeah. down to. That's what I wanted That's to say. To. I wanted to say something about the ratings. Uh, and and we we pick on movies even that we love, even that are 10 out of 10s, because there's always something that if you, you can make a joke out of. That might not be funny at first, but if someone points it out, it's a joke. This is what I say to JP. JP always says, he goes, well, you guys never do bad movies. I go, he's like, we like ripping on the bad movies. We like watching a bad movie and, and, and picking it apart. My retort to that is we pick on the good movies too. So it doesn't exactly. matter. That's what we do. We have fun with movies that we may think are great, but there are still some things in there that are ridiculous and that we're going to point out. So that's why it's kind of the best of both worlds because I'm not angry. When I'm talking about Nightmare 4 and I have all those question marks, I'm pissed off. I'm like, how the fuck? That's so stupid. And I still pick on it, but The Shining, I could still laugh about the lady laughing in the fucking in the door. <laughs> on and on. There's stuff to laugh at in the movie. But anyway, we got to yeah. get off that. we got to get on to Dr. Sleep, but... Doctor Sleep from 2019, written and directed by Mike Flanagan. Years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Yes, indeed. Great Dude, there is, there is, this is such a great follow-up. And they, I mean, I, I know, I don't know if people c- complain about the length of this film or the way, or the way it's you know put together but they give you so much information in that first like 45 minutes and i love it i love it they give you so much more information about you know shining and 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 introducing every single character i think every character in this film is so well written and and well acted i gotta give that to flanagan i did notice this time around and they were bothering me what christian calls his Flanaganisms. The only thing I noticed was the white one eyes. scene. White well, eyes. See, I like this is the deal. I like the white eyes because it, it signifies something. And, and let me tell you this. If the eyes weren't white, you wouldn't enjoy the scene. Because then they would look like any normal asshole walking around. No, it just, make it, just make it look like how Danny looked or Dick looked in, in The Shining. Just give it a terrifying, you know, expression on the face without the whiting of the whiting out of the eyes. But they're so, whiting only when they feed and they're whiting out only when they're doing a serious. I think he attack. means. I think he means not. I mean, not Abra. The glint, not the glint That's eyes what I'm of, the, of, the, of the true knots. I think no. I think he means the yeah the white the white. Oh, not yeah, eyes. not the true not the true knot. Just just Abra's eyes when she shines really strong. Don't like it. But she's, but she's attacking somebody. She's showing how much she's using her maximum amount of power that she only uses. That's showing power. That's not just. No, I get, I get, I get that, what it's doing. I get those are those are her ultimate showdowns when she goes into those trances. But I just, I, I, I don't know. It's a little Flanaganism. <laughs> it is. But so here it is. I've watched this movie three times. It's gone up each time I've watched it. We watched the director's yeah. cut for this episode, uh, and I'm not going to say this is the only cut I'm ever going to watch of this again, but. It was definitely great. I, I loved it. I didn't feel like it was three hours long. That's for no, sure. This, this, uh, this moves really quick for three hours. This has a lot of characters, a lot of locations, and it's growing on me each and every time. Listen, I did not hate this movie when I saw it. I gave it a, I gave it, I said it was a good movie and it just needed me. I saw it once. Now, and then I watched it again for the year end show. 
Uh, and then I now watch the director's cut. And like I said, each time it's gone up, I've enjoyed it more and more each time. And things that bothered me the first time don't bother me as much anymore. The Flanaganism so- that still there yeah. is is there no eyes at one point. They didn't That's need uh, it. No, no, you they know what? You know what? I, I don't like that part either. But the reason why they did that part is she's tricking Rose at that point. She puts on, like, the purple wig, right. and she makes Correct. it so that Rose can't see her face. It is kind of silly. She looks almost like, what is she trying to be, like a like a Cardi B type or something? Like, like she's like trying to be, like, a pop star at some point. But, but we've got to remember, she is a kid. So I kind of don't mind it, because I, I wrote that down, too. But I, I, I don't but really the- mind that. And a side note for the Flanaganisms, it's just that he's, it's used, it, maybe it's his little thumbprint. You know, you're no tour. This is what I've done in each one of my movies, more or less. There's something in each one of my movies that has the I'll, Flanagan sort of seal of approval. I'm okay with that. I'm just, I, I think he's not done a bad movie. He's yeah. just been good. And the two movies that stand out for me are Hush and Doctor yeah. Sleep. Those are my two favorites. Oh, I like uh, Before and, I Wake too. Yeah, I, I, but I've liked everything. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, it comes across as like I don't like him. I'm just saying he's been solid. There's there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't hold him on the same plateau as a lot of other horror fans do, and that's okay. Well written characters. Yeah, at least his movies. That's the key for him in every good. one of his movies. That's the key for him in every one of his movies are strong, well written characters, even characters that are on screen for five minutes in this film. And this is his best are film. Well, now. Are well developed. I can definitely say without a shout, this is his best film. And and it and it was uh, everything that you've said. I love the tie-ins. I love the fact that it takes place right after. How many times have we said, like, in a way, like, not from a slasher standpoint, because they never do it well, what happened to these characters afterwards? Scream's the only one that really can, tried to continue an arc with a character. And, it, and in my opinion, was kind of unsuccessful. Like, even though I'd like those movies the nev campbell character with the mom with the ghost in part three kind of like you never this one did it well this is where i'm going with it this one did it well where they they take danny and the mom they've recreated scenes that are are amazing but they also continue the story beautifully of what happens what them in the apartment him still being haunted the whole boxing up the ghosts and Dude, Dude, that's awesome so when he learned, learns more about that, learns about the dark and the light, boxing up the ghosts, not being able to box up memories, though. The whole oh. idea of why they live in Florida, because they never want to see snow again. Everything that's really done, really great attention to detail in this. And that opening and scene with the little the girl, and the opening scene with Violet, the little girl, when she first meets Rose. Brilliant. Yeah, it, it was. It's great because it's it's haunting without being too explicit, but we get yeah. explicit later. And and again, just to reiterate what I said, because I talked over you. Sorry, Brandon. I'm excited, but we're talking about the <laughs> film. We're not doing a book film comparison here. We're not talking about. The I book will make one comparison at the end because okay. somebody brought it up on the year end show, and I just want to say why I think that the way they did it in the movie makes sense. Perfect. And sorry, D. We we kind of. No, when, I talked balls out crazy. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I talked too right? much last show. Like, I talked too much on The Shining. No, I'll say this: the reason I love this more now than ever is because watching it directly after watching The Shining, I noticed things that I didn't even notice before. Certain shots, certain decisions that were made that were, you know, tributes to the movie that I didn't even pick up on last time. But watching back to back, I was like, wow, the 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 consideration. That Flanagan gave to The Shining, the the the, the movie, and bits from the novel. Uh, and I know this has been said before, but I mean, 
there's uh, the way that he married the novel for the way that he married fans of Kubrick and fans of King, which have been on the other side of the fence. I mean, this is well documented. Uh, was perfect. He tributed it just the way, the best way possible. Uh, just the fact that he that he pulled off this incredible feat, man, just just fantastic. Well, such, such a I, great job. I agree. It, it is like a love letter to the film. And it, it's a great story unto itself. At where I kind of shit, not shit on it, but just had took issue with. That's the, the way I'll, I'll word it. With this new quote unquote vampiric clan, uh, the True Knights or whatever. I didn't necessarily wasn't on board with them. I don't know what I was smoking. They're great. Yeah. Rose the Hatch, great. Everybody's great. Everything just flowed better. Maybe I, I, awesome. it, kudos to the to the director's cut. Again, I don't know. I'll watch the, the theatrical cut again to compare uh, one one other time. Like I said, I, I don't know if I'll ever never go back to the theater, theatrical version, but I just want to see what makes the difference here. But the, the director's cut is about a half an hour longer. Doesn't feel it in the slightest. No. Uh, there's yeah. some great characters, some great secondary characters. I loved Ewan McGregor from from the initial view, and I, I love him as an Ewan actor. Ewan McGregor is, is a phenomenal actor, and he is probably you know the standout in this movie even though abra is fantastic rose the hat's fantastic every oh, even his buddies even his buddy who, who oh billy billy billy, billy his great death his death is one of the it was one oh. of the saddest moments dude it and was the dad like yep. they, they kill you want innocence killed here you want people that you care about killed well you don't want them killed they get killed is what i'm saying <laughs> and it's horrifying when the true not die when when all their oh, steam yeah. comes out of everyone they've eaten and it's like it's like screaming inside them it's haunting. Oh, another nitpick I had initially. Sorry, Brad. I'm just like everything you're saying is that was a nitpick I had. I'm like, what the fuck? What's like smoking? Because my it nit- is great. Yeah, yeah like, my nitpick is, was two things: the white eyes and the talking the talking baby when he has the flashback of the woman he left in the hotel. They didn't have to make the baby talk. They didn't. Oh, you're that's right. haunting. Yeah, right. that's haunting. It's though, haunting, right? but they didn't have to do it. Just seeing that the baby was dead. They're lying in a room. Like yeah, fired. absolutely. I think it feels like a cheap tactic that wasn't necessary. That again, it doesn't kill. We're we're talking about nitpicks. It does not yeah. hinder my rating in the slightest. Exactly. Saying, this I don't deduct points for this. It's just take this yeah. out, and it's still perfect. The story, and I love what, and I love the doctor. You know, he calls him Doc. They call him Doc yes. the way that. You know, calls baggy. him Doc. Yeah. 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 You realize awesome. the first guy shines, right? He's the only one that shines. The first patient that he ever had. Yeah, that's a touching scene, man. It is a touching scene. scene. There's a couple of them, but that one. Oh, yeah. Every scene with the cat, with Azzy and him in the hospital bedroom, when he's singing to him, singing to the second patient he has, it's Mm -hmm. very, very touching, very emotional. And you notice when the steam came out of the first guy, because he shined. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And speaking of screaming, did you guys pick up on when they open up the canisters? You can hear the people screaming, the ones that yeah. died. Yeah. It's real yeah. faint, but you get it from the from Violet from the beginning because she yeah. mentions that it's Violet, and you hear her screaming, but it's real faint, but it's fucking haunting. And then yeah. they do it later on with Baseball Boy when she's doing it all. And Baseball Boy is just the most but, fucking that's haunting show I've seen yeah, in that's years. A that's a Dude, especially in a mainstream film. The way he cries. It's so fucking oh. when they first get him and he's begging for his life. 
It, it almost fucking makes me too. Look, getting so a getting strong. a big actor like that. He's you know he's a well he's a well established young actor now. This kid and they bring him back. He's in it for five minutes, but man, he's fantastic. And he was also in Before I Wake. I think that's it because they had a connection. From but that but he's done. He's he's very big in. He brought them all Hollywood. back. He's very big in mainstream Hollywood now. He's done big well, yeah, movies. I mean, he's been in Oscar room. nominated movie The Room, uh, Wonder, Wonder. Well, my kids love Wonder. Augie, Good yeah, Boys. So I show them just this. I wanted to just haunt them. Yeah. So like, check this. Out. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Hold their faces. Hold their faces. <laughs> it is. It is a brutal scene. It, the way he screams, like, like in the theater, oh. my wife, because I don't know if I can watch this. And I'm yeah. like, I know this is pretty. This is pretty hard hitting, and it doesn't lose any shock value or or. I want to say appeal because you don't expect it to be happening. Right. Like I said, in this type of film, I would expect it more in like maybe a independent film that, that yeah. needs to do something more, not necessarily in a mainstream film. And, and they, it's, it's wow. Flanagan. It's a shocking. Yeah. But it's Flanagan. Who's for the most part been an indie filmmaker and he carries indie actors into this movie with them. You know what I'm saying? People that have been in movies before he's brought them back. He brought the one, that played Kelly in Absentia, his first movie, as just one of the girls in the True Knot. He he brought um, what's his name? Sorry, he was not an, yeah, well, yeah, sure. The girl from Alex Esso and Jocelyn Donahue, of course. Jocelyn Donahue is great. Yeah. yeah, two horror actors, actresses. But he didn't put his wife in, in independent. This. Why didn't he put no, his wife? He didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to be bothered with it. And then he Nepotism. brought back. Maybe uh, they didn't want to bring like maybe just separate themselves a little bit. Yeah. Dr. John is from, what do you call it? He's, the, he's, uh, I always want to call it Megan. <laughs> uh, what the hell is that movie? The, the other Stephen King movie. Gerald's, every time I say Gerald's game, I want to say Megan's law. Every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Greenwood. Every, he's, a, he's a good actor. Bruce Greenwood. He's been around yeah. for a long time. So, so yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot. Yeah. It's like a family. They have, you see a lot of people showing up in, uh, in the movies. And, and the I pain the book, and the so I don't pain, pain and fear purifying the steam. That's a horrifying thought. What yeah. I found was episodic the first time I watched it did not bother me in the slightest uh, upon Dude, second I, watch or third. It, I thought it's just such a grand story, a big story. That's what I'm saying. So if you're big. not a fan of The Shining, it, it may be because you're confined to primarily one major location. And here you're going to everywhere and then you get the overlook as the icing on the cake. Dude, when the rooms tilt oh, and me. they slide into the, into the floors and stuff. Oh, my oh. God. Really cool, cool visual stuff. And the score and the sound design, just brilliant stuff. Yeah. The way they use the score in this movie, taking the beats from The Shining in the yeah. moments that they put them in, was just, was just brilliant. And, and the way he decided to isolate just the heartbeat from the freaking dream in The Shining, just take that little thing and play yeah. it over and over again throughout this movie. What a what a cool decision to put that in, man! S- such good stuff. Just uh, great, great stuff. I love I love Abra versus Rose when they go inside each other's heads. I love the idea oh, of inside yeah, the minds being file cabinets and her place is a cathedral. Oh. It's really cool. The supermarket scene when she gets blown back, the chalkboards. Oh. I mean, there's so much great stuff. And also, when you know they're talking, the True Knot is talking about how Grandpa Flick isn't doing well. Have you seen him? When he when they do open up a steam canister and and he starts to take in more steam, you do notice his beard gets his hair gets darker again. Oh, that's cool. I yeah, it goes it goes from white back to like its normal like brownish color. 
but she was still hoarding because she was worried they were going to run out. Correct. Yeah. Say, We've I, got these things, but you're, you're so worried about like the, that, sort was, of in charge that of must it, have been you, more expanded upon in the director's cut. I don't remember so much talk about there being less and less steam available in the world. Am I no, wrong? I, was, I, I, feel, like was, they, they I feel like they talked like about it more. There. Part of it was, part of it wasn't. The one conversation happened in the original when they just said you're looking for the whale and there's less team in the world and I don't know what the reason is. That yeah. part remained in, but the other part later when they're in the trailer and they get more in depth on why she wants Abra and, and, and just yeah. the discussion yeah. on team, that didn't happen initially. Like yeah, the basically cow part, there's like three the or cow four part. Yes. There's like the three or four scenes that yeah. were added in. Correct. You can milk the cow. There yeah. was three or four scenes added in into deep discussion. Some that didn't happen at all, and some that were just expanded on. Like, they expanded the conversation with Dick in the beginning. They expanded the conversation with Jack later on. And then other things weren't there at all. Like, they didn't show the first scene when they went to the house with Abra and they met her father, which was great. Uncle, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when, when they're like, Uncle Dan, she's 13. That whole scene is so realistic. <laughs> you, know what, you know what he's thinking. You know what I mean? But then, and this is the one part I thought they could have, I like that they put it in because my one of my two complaints of this film, one of them was that that um that Billy didn't at any time act like he was suspecting Danny of being the killer on the ride because you all know if you were on that ride and someone's telling you I know where a boy is buried and I'm going to dig him up and prove it to you, the first thing you're probably going to think is, well, you you are the one that killed him, no matter how good you knew. So it that never occurred to him. But, but later on, but don't they live on, like oh, right? Okay, sorry. It's okay. But later on, when they do go to that scene, when they meet Abra's father, and he says, he goes. He goes, he knew that, where he that? was, and you yeah, didn't did think you of think, that? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, I for did, but second. not for long. <laughs> yes, yeah. but that scene was taken out initially. But the reason I like that they took, I like the fact that they had that confrontation on the front lawn with Uncle Dan, and then, then Abra shows him, and then the very next scene is him pouring the drink, and his hands are shaking. Yeah. He, like, because they yeah. add, which is brilliant, but because they add that little scene of introspection when he says that, you lose that. And then they cut to the scene that he comes back and he has the drink. So there's a, and that's the only scene in the whole movie where I see a plus and a minus. Everything else that's added in, I think was done. I think I'm, I'm glad they added it in. And that was, speaks to the strength of Billy's back, character that he never doubted him. I mean, he's known him at this point. It's been eight years. He I recognized, know. he recognized him, you know, at his, at his worst. And he knows the character of this person. So for him to even suspect would have been a major a major fault if they had done that. Well, but they had to drive across the country to get to him too. Oh though. yeah, it took them like, like all day so to get there. The guy doesn't have the uh, the ability to fly out, commit a murder, come back. So there's got to be like he, he might be skeptical going, what the fuck is this guy taking me to? When they find the body, dude, when he freaked out, but when he, he can't, says he can't it, suspect that he he left and killed yeah. this guy and buried him down in the uh, like a thousand miles away or whatever how like far was the drive from oh, new hampshire to iowa is that what it was because yeah. they're in new hampshire i think baseball boy was iowa yeah yeah it i don't, was a I don't know drive. the geography i didn't I, know how far away yeah, it's there across the country Okay. I, it's, I didn't know. it's it's a long it's a long enough drive where they were driving for a long time. But I like the conversation they have where where it's where he basically says to him, "I can deal with it if you're crazy. Crazy, I can deal with." It's his other side. He's like, and even Danny says, "I know it's much worse." True. And did you notice the address of the house of Abra's house? Nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen eighty. And did you yeah. notice the number on the door? 
when they went into the first guy's room, when, when the cat goes into the first old man's room, which they go to later where Dick's inside of it. Did you know? Oh, what yeah. Was? With the 217? Yeah, 217, which is yeah. the book. In, in yeah, the, the Shining book, the, book it the wasn't. The room in the book, yeah, it, was, it wasn't 227. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. So you must have your wires crossed, like, Azzy. Right, and yeah, yeah. And, and Dick's like, this is the last time I'm going to see you. Yeah, that was good. They pay your debt. And then whole thing. Yeah, pay you pay your debt. Great line. And he yes. talks about uh eating screams and drinking pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> eat screams, right. drink pain? Get the fuck out of here. And they've been around for years and he knows about it and this and that. Yeah. Basically they all shine and they pick up on other people that shine and they exploit it. That's all it is. That some people call them vampires and I said, No, they all shine. That's how they know that these people shine. They get the vibe and they discovered that if you eat from other people that shine, you'll you'll live forever. That's it. Yes, That's but they are but story. they are but they are dead too, because Andy does die. She initially well, they dies. Kill her. The difference with her is she was a human, she didn't shine to begin with. So they turned her into something different. They yeah. gave her the see, I think I, I look at these people, they've never died. They've lived forever because they've discovered how to how to shine on more by taking the screen. You notice when characters have questions uh, numerous times, at least two, possibly three, the, the response is something along the lines of "Do you care?" or "What difference does it yeah, make?" Yeah, I like or that. Something man. along like those that. lines. It, yeah, it was a couple of times. Like, Andy, am I still human? His... Snake bite. Snake yep. bite asked, "Am I still human?" Yep. Do you care or whatever. And then, um, do they die in the box? Or, yeah, and Dick or, says. Doesn't matter. Do they die in the or box or, or or yeah or whatever. It, do you care? Says, Does it matter thing. or do you care? Yeah. Yep. So it's I don't great. know if that's a cop out answer or a great answer because I think we all I think it's a way to deal with a question we may all have. I think either. Way, I don't like think it's a cop out answer. I don't think it's a cop out answer. I think it's because either way you look at it, it's dark and disturbing. So it's like it doesn't matter how you look at it. It's all fucked up. <laughs> Cool. No, and I'm fine with that. I just it was it was interesting that it, at least twice I wrote down for whatever reason I feel like there may have been a third time it was used. And, and I don't point. even mind that you don't really understand what everyone in the true knot is. I I do agree with the with the theory that 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 some people have said. Of course, they have to shine at some point. They pick up on it and they, they see do. it. But um, the idea of them being psychic vampires, you know. Psychic ability is, is one of the main things with Shinings, and being vampires is the fact that they don't die. Well, they do die, but they don't – they basically are immortal. They talk about them, uh, you know, in ancient times. You know, you 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 were a king. You know, they, they, they're thousands of years old for all we know. We don't – so there's there's a lot there. But I like eat well, stay, Eat well, stay young, live long. That's what that's what she says. That's what she's promised. And that's eat, it. Pray lo- eating, eat, pray, love. That too. <laughs> but I mean, shit. That's, That's what she means title. by eat. That's what she means by eat. Not necessarily all the food they're eating, but eating the steam. That's getting such a good that. dynamic That's among the true knot. Even though, like, yeah, she was they in take charge care of, of each other. Can- exactly. She was, she was yeah. keeping the canisters and hoarding them, not for herself. That wasn't until right. everyone was – but because she wanted to make sure, you know, that they had enough supplies. So she, it, she only opened the canister when it got dire. And and yeah. you know the second in command Crow Daddy, terrific. The scene yeah. where where Danny takes over and he talks oh about how God. being See. arrogant, arrogant to think you're gonna live forever that you wouldn't put on your seatbelt. Ah, beautiful. So, so the seatbelt was always off there. And that, felt, and yeah, because they that, showed yeah, it when when Aber was looking at it. Because yeah. Aber was and looking was, at the at the gun holster. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me there for a second. But he said it. Holster. Oh, the hoister? <laughs> the hoister? I'm going to hoister. I don't know if I said I don't know why I said it like that. I know it's a holster. Anyway, the, I, I lost my train. Oh, shit. Right. What was I about to say? Amber? That's Amber, it's fine. Da- I'll come back to Danny me. taking the, uh, Danny takes the wheel. <laughs> Danny takes the wheel. That scene, though, that scene with Crow. Maybe it was Crow you were thinking. Of. Either way, let, I have to. What a highlight Abra is. This girl's performance. I cannot believe she's not a bigger star. I looked her up on the B. She hasn't really done all that much. I think it's I think one of the just, best performances. I think she's just starting, and I, I wouldn't maybe. be surprised. In fact, she was supposed to be at the horror convention I was supposed to go to um, in March. She was supposed Man. to be there, but but they they canceled it. It was right as COVID was breaking out, but she was supposed to be there. And uh, I I have a feeling we'll be seeing more she'll of be, her because she's she'll be here. she's terrific. Dude, Even the she little, was so good. The little girl version of Aber was adorable and was really looks good. Looks just also. like her. I thought they were related. I couldn't believe yeah, how right? much I had to look her up, but she's not a relative. I was like, I better. It might be her sister. Yeah, so much more fans life. have embraced this already, but this was not a mainstream. This wasn't a hit. So this is going to become a cult classic, just like all the other ones that we talk about nowadays that weren't yeah. hits upon the initial release that have been. Uh, and But a lot of times they were also ill-received, even by the horror community or horror fans at the time, and developed a following over the years. This one seems to have gotten a good fan base out of the gate. I was the one that was seemed to be on the lower end of the spectrum saying, it's good, I like it. Everybody was like, oh, it's fantastic, it's great, boom, 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 fine, so be it. I've gotten there now, but I'm just saying it, it took a few viewings. Yeah. I didn't have that. You That's saw okay. it twice in the theater, Dave, correct, or three times? I did, not was twice, this two twice times? in the theater, twice. twice. So he he did I like my second view came right before the 100 show and I did I had to watch it nefarious means I had to download it because there was no the uh, <laughs> nefarious it was it, like well there that. was no other way to see it it was out of the theater and I'm like I got to give this a second chance people are raving about it too much and whatever you so I had to do it there yeah well now I made up for it so go fuck yourself hey I bought the 4K. This, was, this was my second <laughs> view and I was high on it from the first view I was high on it from the yeah. it made it made my top. Top 19, it was my number seven, I believe, after just one view. And uh, now I own it. This was my second view. And I- I'm going to, you know, it's not spoiler because we're already talking high about it. It would be much higher than uh, than number seven if we were to redo nice. our top 19. Much higher. Well, this wasn't my top 19, but I think just at the very end. But it would be, it, w- it would make it, it would make yeah. it much higher now. Yeah. Much higher. Surprised the hell out of me. I wasn't expecting all that. And when it first was announced, I wasn't even all that excited. They can leave the shining be. You know, so the fact that it that it impressed the hell out of me. Forty years later, how did they do that? That's that's. I mean, that's where I'm gonna give Flanagan superb, superb job well, here. He, just he give him the his fanboy part of it. Yeah, but but because it, it could easily just fall into fanboyism, and that's it. It, it he, there's a there is a there's a beautiful balance here. Because yeah. you could have gotten shit for recreating scenes. He's recreating scenes of a classic film, yet it's done amazingly. Dude, dude, yes. you know what? On the year-end show, I don't know if I said it when I announced this as, you know, whatever number, I think seven. But when I announced it, I said my one critique with the recreations of anything was I didn't like the way the, uh, you know, the Grady girls sounded at the end. But that wasn't even a nitpick this time. I had no nitpicks with the recreated scenes at all, except for that. And even that now is, is off the table in terms of. I have one small one and that's it. But I have two tiny, tiny things and that's it. Everything else. I I have no complaints, you know, right. What are they? Well, the two testicles. (laughs) Yeah. Tiny. 
Uh, <laughs> um, one of them is the blackboard, how it smashes on red rum like that or murder, whichever one it was, and how it's just going to stay that way. This guy's renting at somebody's house. How's <laughs> you he going to fucking not clean that You know up? what? I thought what, about what that, too. What is that too. woman going to think? She's going to walk in the house. She's the landlord. She can. She legally has the key. She can go in the room anytime she wants to check up on him. She can walk in the room and see murder on a fucking chalkboard on the wall. I don't. I think he would have cleaned that up somehow. But anyway, that's that's bothered yeah. me. And a little bit of the fan servicey stuff at the end. To the point, I didn't like the fact that the guy wasn't British anymore. That says great oh, party, great party, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If it's the same character, yeah, they should have the just, just had him do the. Yeah, I agree with that because I said to myself, I said that just doesn't sound right. But uh, I agree with that. The chalkboard. The only reason why I kind of forgive it is because even though she was sort of nosy and untrusting at the beginning, where eight years later, where he's been a model citizen and it's probably friends. So, but I agree. It's like, I'm, I was thinking that too. I'm like, put a fucking painting up over that. Put a sheet up. <laughs> if he's moving it's, out, but, but, but this is where shit starts hitting the fan. She's not coming in to check on him at this point. That's true. So I, epic, yeah. I mean, I would have, again, I would have nitpicked that maybe out of the gate, but I, upon watching this now three times, I, I don't think that's an issue because you're right. At the beginning, she was like, okay, 85 bucks a week. Let me make it easy for you. Here it is. Bomb done. But now it's eight years later. He's been paying. He's been well. There's no reason to, to distrust this guy. Uh, how did they make the first connection, though? How did I make mean, the it's a block word. It just says hello. He just sees hello up there yeah. one day. Hello. Yeah. Just, with the, with the his, smiley his face. His radio up. vibe just went out there. Well, with the, with the smiley face in the, uh, in the circle, though. No, I know physically how it was done. How did they make a connection out of the gate? She just felt him? Like the force? That's what I was thinking, but I can't answer right now. I don't know exactly there, there how it happened. Ha, there the first has time. to be an answer in there because that would have been a major nitpick. There, there was something. He must have shined or something, and she picked up it, on it. It's funny because I don't think there is anything that just happened like that, and yet I, I'm okay with it. Whereas I usually don't. This is where Dave would usually go, and what about this and what about that? I Again, I just let it go because she's strong. We realize know what it as is. a movie is how strong she is. But this starts when it, she's five, right? I know what, is I know what it is. I, I want to say it's the scene where the spoons are all stuck on the ceiling and they all drop to the ground because they show they show a scene where oh, he, he is jolts up, right? He's a, he's on a bus. He's on a bus sleeping, and he jolts up, and at the same yeah. time, Rose the hat where she is, she does this thing like something went up her spine. George so they both across. Yeah, okay. So they both got wind of her early, which makes sense. Those three are the most powerful ones in the world. It's like I said on, I think it was this, uh, when we did the top 100, it's almost like Yoda, the Emperor, and Anakin. <laughs> to to, to and that extent, you take know your what? pick. And she describes him as an imaginary friend, like a Tony. Sure. That's what she describes him as. She thought she, at the beginning, because remember, it starts yeah. at, at, after five, fifth birthday. So I buy that. Yeah, would you explain? Dude, a, a lot of times with the Shining. She she describes things. He's imaginary, like Dan, thought, like Dan thought uh, Tony was. And also, at the end, Dan becomes – why do I hear myself? It just happened for a second. Oh, okay. Trust me, we and, have to hear it all show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, at the end, Dan becomes becomes Dick to Aber. That sounds wrong. <laughs> That's the idea. But, I like Dick. Hey, Abra, I'm your dick now. I'm your Dick <laughs> Callahan. <laughs> how Callahan. about that you know when she turns into him and her eyes turn blue and the way she delivers those lines and then she goes over there and she goes i, I hope that hurts i hope that hurts a lot i yeah. love that she's so vindictive and then she's like 
you all deserve it. When they're all getting fucking gunned down yes. in that scene. Oh, oh I love it. Dude, he has they're, that so, mean edge they're so evil. They're so evil with the things that they've been doing for so long. But yet they're so uh, well-developed, the characters, that you actually, like... Almost, I almost like kind of felt bad when Grandpa Flick died. Like it was kind of heartbreaking to watch, but at the same time, they've been killing children and stealing their steam for thousands of years. It's like Jesus, or hundreds of years. Res- they respect each other so much. They have like a family dynamic. Yeah. They treat everybody out. They treat their group very well, and they they, they have compassion for each other. It's just the fact that they do what they do to these other people, which Dude, is I would, tra- I would travel with them because they have really nice caravans you see the inside of those caravans i was saying it last night i go man i go look at that i go that's a trailer i go that thing yeah. is beautiful on the inside it's and then my daughter my asked, asked some smart <laughs> comment of course and say some oh so you saying you want to live in a trailer now dad <laughs> i said no but I, I i i do love the way that thing looks i've never seen the inside of a trailer look no so no great. inside of a trailer looks so nice it's like got a living room it's, it's gorgeous in Dude. there Two things I want to bring up. It, snake, the, it's again very small nitpick. I don't even know if it's a nitpick. It's just something. Oh, about, snake so, bites age. Yeah. Is her age? Fifteen. Uh, Fifteen. I thought it was a little. She was maybe again. Maybe it's the life she lived. She seemed to have too know too much, have been experienced too much at that age. But again, modern it's day, it's forgivable. Modern day, modern knows, day, right. internet, the way she looks, the people that could have approached her, you know, the, the, the maybe the the predators that that have done it. Obviously, it's been again and again. It could happen. Look at the, you know what I think of that movie. Um, uh, what's that great movie with uh, Ellen Page? Um, uh, oh, you know, uh, Candy, Candy, Hard yeah, Candy. How old was she in that movie? Same type of thing. You know what I, I mean? also I also buy it because she's an older soul. I mean, look, she meets the first guy that she victimizes watching Casablanca. Well, how many 15-year-olds you know are watching 1940 classic films, which I love. It's kind of heartbreaking because she has this really, you know, she's watching this movie and she almost has this idea of, like, romance and love, even at 15. But it's all been destroyed by, you know, by perverts. And that's why that revenge she gets on that guy with the snake bite. And every time time you see it in the mirror or whatever, you're going to say, I like little girls. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's brutal. I would have been like, just fucking kill me. I remembered one more nitpick. In the very beginning of the movie, Violet's death, which everything about that is wonderful. The way it's played out, the conversation. You don't eat them. Oh, but you do. That whole All that stuff is great, but they make it look very suspicious. For no reason they do this. This is strictly for the viewer, but doesn't make any sense in the context of the film. She's sitting there talking to Violet, trying to seduce her. I have a magic hat, this, that, the other thing. Then all of a sudden, one of the true not appears. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then a second later, three of them are there. It's like, why are you coming off like you're trying to be scary? That's that cinematic scare. That's cinematic scare. Yes, it's a cinematic scare, right? I'm okay with it because I love still. that. I I I, I understand. Like again, from yeah. the context of trying to win a little girl over and and take her soul right. or whatever like that. Yeah, not needed. But yeah. well, goddamn, they, what they, they needed, they they come in on her, and it's the above right. shot. It's pretty fucking creepy. What oh, they yeah. needed to do right. was establish that this is an evil group because Rose, at that point, is she wow. seems like she's going to be a good character. But if they had left the true knot out. And just had like Rose like all of a sudden turn real sinister and maybe grab her herself without having the rest of them appear would have been just as effective. They but I kind of like appeared. it. I don't. I, I'm I'm fine that they that they. You just don't like the way they her, appeared. The way that like... they appeared one at a time, looking sinister, staring. That's what I'm saying. She's like, oh, don't worry, that's just my friend. Because then, then I don't know if this happens in the regular cut. I know for a fact in the director's cut it does. You see her bleeding when she's squeezing her arm. I didn't notice it till last time. But when she's squeezing um. 
uh, Violet's um, arm, all of a sudden you see blood flowing in in between the cracks of Rose's fingers. I'm like, wow, she's freaking digging right in there. Yeah, that, that was some sick stuff, that poor girl. Oof. And I brought it up on when we were talking about The yeah. Shining. I said I'd get back to it when we were doing uh, Dr. Sleep. His little uh, monologue when when uh, uh, he's talking to his dad at the Overlook later on. Oh. And his dad just goes on the rant. I said, Dave, this is kind of what we're talking about last week, kind of. Or the last episode or two episodes ago. Where we were saying, like, you spend your last dollar. You're doing this, that, and the other thing. And you get no respect. like Or, or, or whatever. I'm like, wow, that's like being a dad. <laughs> That is to a degree. Well, that hit home. (laughs) Henry Henry Thomas was fantastic. Listen to that, B. (laughs) As Lloyd slash slash, uh, Jack slash whoever he was. I'm so glad because I like him as an actor. I didn't even realize it was him until this viewing. And it was, it's amazing because I love them. I love Cloak and Dagger. It's one of my favorite movies. I love Cloak uh, so and Dagger too. (laughs) It's such a great movie. And you just want him to do more. And And he did stuff. There as a kid, and then he kind of didn't do anything else. He did like an Alex Winter movie, Fever, and then not really much more. And he's great in this. Dabney Coleman show next week. <laughs> there you go. But well, let me highlight the performances of of of, of Alex Esso emulating her as well, emulating Wendy. It is so spot on. I guarantee. Well, we know this. She watched the movie when he is sitting out. First of all when he's talking to Dick, the casting the perfect guy to play Dick Halloran. That was oh. beautiful. When he's sitting on the park bench having that conversation with Dick, and then when yeah. she runs out, and she's like, Danny, the way she sounds is just like 100% like the Shining. I know. And they, the, the scene in The Shining, when she goes, you scared oh. me half to death. That was taken right from The Shining. And then the scene, I realized it this time watching The Shining, when he comes back and he's sucking his thumb after he comes back from two, three, seven, and she grabs him from the side. And she, when, when Wendy grabs Danny's shoulders and then embraces him, it is the exact mannerisms, the exact every delivery that was done in that scene. She did in that scene outside of the, uh, their house when they come running out, it was so spot on. I can't get over how good it was. Seeing back to back really drove that home for sure. Yes. It, you yes. almost think they used sound bites for it, but they didn't. The right. only scene that I heard that was that was used was the the elevator with the blood. Sure. So even even B, I'm not even sure, even though it looks identical, and I thought maybe they just timed it differently with the with the, the meaning they made it look like night, uh visually, was the the shot, the 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 helicopter shot. Yeah. Before the outlook, because it looked identical to the yes, shining it did. just at night. So it I thought had almost, to be. It had to be. I, but no, I heard it was only the only the elevator was the right. only shot they used. Yep, it was yeah. reshot. Yeah, you could tell a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah, but I mean that was. And speaking of that shot with the elevator, I want to point out something small that not everybody knows unless you're a fanatic of the shining like me. But the way she looks at, first of all, the robe. Let me talk about the robe. Jack is wearing a blue robe in in the shining funny because i was watching the movie last night and i have a blue robe that they gave me for my birthday and they said look it looks just like dad's robe dad is jack i'm like wow it was crazy how close it was then in this movie wendy is wearing that blue robe in the beginning it's like all that little tiny tie-in then they show the door open up from the inside you're on the inside watching the doorknob turn and the door open and it's when danny is going in that bathroom where he sees the girl the, the exact same thing happens in The Shining when Danny opens the door. Little shots, little things like that. But what I was ultimately getting at was this smile that Jack does. In, in, when Jack is in The Shining and he's talking to Grady, and Grady's giving him the information in the back room, bathroom, he does this little thing where he, he, he cracks a smile, 
it's like a look like this. He's just like, and then he kind of like, it kind of fades away. It's like it's half serious and he's half happy about it. And he does this look, which because I've seen the movie so many times, I know it. That is the exact same look that Rose the Hat gives when she sees the uh, the blood coming out of the elevator when she sees it. She does the, she mimics Jack's smile in that scene to a T. The way her, her smile cracks and then she goes back. It's, it's fucking crazy, but unless you're a fanatic like me, you don't catch on. And it also is uh, the opposite effect that it has on Wendy. When Wendy sees the blood coming out of the, the elevator in The Shining, her look Horror. is pure terror. Yeah. And Rose's look Which it should is, be. Rose is like, oh, that's cute. Joy. Rose, yes. Yeah, Rose is like, that's cute. Yeah. It is so fucking well done that I had to point that out, that the thought that went into certain, even a little smirk, a little look on Jack's face in that scene is mimicked by Rose in that scene there. Fucking amazing. Okay, here's where where I got to bring up uh, something about the novel, and Watson brought it up on the year-end show, and he said something about how he prefers the novel simply because of one scene in particular where um, Danny gets his sort of... um, closure with his father and they don't do that here because he tries to have the conversation with him and he's just too far gone right but he re but he tells the story about what happened to his mother talks about the death flies talks about not being able to look at her talks about how she knew that and stuff like that and that's why i think that this film didn't need the redemption with with the father it needed the the closure he had with his mother in the boiler room. And that's why I think that this was perfect, the way it changed from the novel. That scene in the boiler room with his mother is exactly oh. what he needed, to be able to look her in the eyes as he's yes. about to die. Yeah, he had no relationship she, with his dad. Like, well, he did, but it was Well, no, but in the, in, in the novel, he get, yeah. you know he gets closure with his father, which makes sense and is kind of nice, but here it's all about his mother because his mother is the one who... Who, who saved him and, yeah. and gave him a life and, and, you know, died young and he wasn't able to look her in the eyes, you know, and he felt bad about that. Mm. But at the end, they're both looking each other in the eyes as he dies. And I think it's just poetic, beautiful. And, uh, it's no, great. You're it's right. Amazing. I think it's perfect. You're right. And I'll go a step further. They, t- they, they put upon that whole about looking in the eye thing because Abra says that her parents couldn't look her in the eye. Exactly. And it's yeah. just, so she holds back on showing her man on her shine. And there's that one part when Danny tells her don't shine anymore. And it's all about her grandmother who she knows is going to die. But yeah, the Mo, girl Momo. asks her, her mother, is Momo going to make it? And you can tell, and I didn't realize it until this time, that yeah. she holds back. She wants to say, I don't think she's going to make it. But she doesn't want her parents to be afraid of her anymore. So she pretends she doesn't shine anymore. And, and even says, tell, so cool. tell her I love her like she knows. Yes. Tell right. Her, yeah. Yeah. He holds and then the he he... new, sorry, he becomes a new Halloran, right? Correct. In a sense, <laughs> like, yeah. And he tells her, shine on, and then he yeah. and she immediately right. opens up to her mother in the last scene. The only thing that doesn't make sense, I know we haven't really gotten to the overlook at the end and, and all that, but the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is with the final showdown in the overlook and, and Aber talking about afterwards that you know the hotel went up in flames and, and it was and the uh, and the overlook was purified. Why is a naked woman in her bathroom? One her spirit had been destroyed in the hotel fire. Well, because it's only the physical presence of it. That doesn't mean anything. She's still she's still a spirit. You know I what I'm saying? A, she's not locked she, in a box. Yeah, she's not locked. She's not locked in a box. I love that. Thing. But but they had them. But he but he unlocked them in the hotel, and then the hotel was destroyed. And she even said the hotel was destroyed, purifying it, which made it sound like all the spirits were gone. 
Not that maybe they maybe one maybe one escaped and that's fine. Maybe the old lady escaped. I thought it was like sort of like a wink wink and I still loved it, but I couldn't kind of could yeah. And it made sense, you know, she's you know my dad's like, What's she doing? Why is she going in? I'm like, she's going to drop a deuce. It's the same <laughs> Well, I think she was going into lo- I think she she yeah. got the box. Box her up. Box right? her up. Box her up. Exactly. But <laughs> Well, you're right. From a purification standpoint, it, it wasn't necessary, but it's one little last. No, I, I, I like I like it, even though I I have no issues with it, even though it kind of was like, well, if that purified it, why is she there? You know, I just thought of it. OK, maybe one escaped and that's it. That's fine. And they just did it so they could mimic the scene that Danny did it earlier on in the movie. Exactly. And now she's yeah. doing it. And it's a good way to end the movie. And, you know, and shine on where that comes from. Right. Shine on, Abra, yeah. and all that shine on talk. Yeah, from uh, what, uh, from Lennon. Lennon, Lennon, yeah. Because and that's why King wrote the book. He based Instant it on, Car- on, that, Instant Karma. on that song. Instant, Instant Karma. Karma's gonna get you, yeah. right? And there's so much other stuff. I and mean, we we can't get into everything. We know that, you know. I I, I like that they have the extra scene in the bathroom, like like the Grady scene. Yeah. They yeah. do it in this one, except this time it's it's Lloyd, aka Jack. Yeah. Well, that's it, and and that's why I, that's what I thought. Was that added. whole scene was added exactly yep. that, that was i don't remember good. the and they recreate that beautiful red wasn't that wasn't that yeah yeah yep that thing was red yeah how about her hand when it gets caught in the card catalog thing and Ooh. how she gets thrown and the astral projection scene is fucking amazing with i love what she gets thrown she back travels then i'm yeah. saying when she gets yeah. thrown back, but how she gets there and how she flies on the side, the way that that shot is fucking done when she's dude, traveling across it. the fucking country. Oh, yeah. dude, I love it's it. It's funny. I didn't like yeah. that in the theater. I it's actually so didn't like that in the theater. Well, wow. I thought it was. I, I just thought it was weird at, yeah. at the time. <laughs> I just didn't, you know why, I didn't like it. You know why you think it's weird? I know exactly why. Because I kind of laugh every time I see it too, even though I love it. I think of half baked when they get stoned and they fly to go see Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it's very good. It's very good. Like, oh, couldn't they have done this a bit differently? But again, upon multiple views, now it has I have no problem with it. Uh, but again, it was a, it was kind of a nitpicky thing when I first saw it. A film of this magnitude, you have to use you know the CGI and stuff like that. You can't you can't recreate some of these things practical. So people got to chill with the with the with the nitpicks of of. Uh, of certain CGI factors, even though we just pointed out a few, we, uh, it, it's, not no... taken from our, for, it's not taken away from our enjoyment of it. And on that note, I had no problem with the ghosts re- recreated for the end scene, which I did a little bit. I thought a little, a little of them looked yeah. a little weird when I first saw it in the theater, but this, again, no issue. No yeah, me issue. either. I, I love that. I love that when, uh, when he frees them and they, they just rip apart Rose. That is such a fantastic scene. Is such oh, a... Yes, it is. It is great. What, at first, it what? bothered me. It was too much at once. Yeah, I but, love it. But what? What is? What does he say? I can't. I should have wrote wrote down the dialogue. He says something like, you know, like, oh, you you forgot about them or something, and they're starving or something like that. Yeah. He yep. says something that's it's, it's, it's it's so poetic. They're starving, and then they grab. No, hers. no, no. She says, "What? Well, I want to know what else is in your mind." Because he was holding oh, it yeah. back. He didn't want her to know. Yeah. What and was he, in what, those boxes? Going? What was in those what's boxes? in there? What are you hiding? And she goes, and she thought it was going to be something good. And he, I forgot what he says. He goes, and they're starving. And then yeah. they are oh. starving. Oh, ghosts. That's what Dick tells them. You know? Yeah. How about the wind in the background? In, in, in The Shining, there's certain scenes when you just hear the wind go throughout the whole time. And then there's a scene in this movie when I think it's the second scene with the old man dying. I forgot what it was. But you hear wind blowing in the background. Yeah. Uh, like as if it's outside, just like they did in The Shining. There was so many cool little 
little throwbacks that, that you don't necessarily think about unless you're, you know, a steamhead like me. And what's his name called? Steamhead. Yeah. You know, Dude, I, steam love, I love the way he gets the doctor oh. sleep name. I, lo- I love the interactions he has with those patients. I love the way, you know, he wants to leave and always get help for, for someone else. And he's, and he's like, no. And the, the patient's like, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yep. Oh, man, it's just, uh, man, tugs at the harsh scenes, the, the smell of the blueberries. I mean, there's right. so much. There's so much. Yep. You could honestly talk about The Shining and, and Doctor Sleep. Sleep. It, it's almost like these films are meant to be like analyzed literally scene by scene, which would probably take about 15 hours each movie, but you could do right. it. Because True. every How- scene is well thought out. How about they go back to Durkin's garage in this one just for a second? They show it from part one. Yes. You know, the garage yes. where he gets the snow cat, Durkin's garage. Yeah. 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 So cool. There's all these yeah. little tie-ins, you know? Which Dude, the uh, doc, doc, Dr. John's uh, office is the exact thing. It's Allman's office. I think and it's, it's an interview. And they're both being interviewed. Yeah. Yeah, he's interviewing him for the, for the orderly job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. That's, uh, so I didn't draw that comparison. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? And then she shook a whole street that she had that much power. And that they brought them to there? Oh, man. And I think that yeah, she's that, afraid. That's what, yeah, that's awesome. Ultimately, I think, I think right. that Rose is afraid. That's why she doesn't want to turn her, because she's afraid that if she brings her on that side, because she's like, oh, we can't have a true not with that much power. Why? Because she would overpower her. That's what she. That's when she's selfish. That's the only time she's yeah. truly selfish, is that scene, because she doesn't want her to come in and then I'm leading the group, because that's what would happen. She's just that powerful, you know? So... I understand what they're doing. I, I even like the dialogue that she uses, like, right at the end, uh, like, right when the, when Dan's, you know, chasing her throughout the hotel. And he's like, you forgot one thing. You forgot who you're in. It's yeah. Torrance. Like, like that's a really, really great dialogue in this film. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Lots of great dialogue and lots, lots of perfect callbacks. They did it all the right way. You yeah. Know? They, they married everything. I think they made King happy. I think they made Kubrick fans happy. It's I don't care that it wasn't a big hit at the box office. This is for us. This is for huge fans of the you, Shining. You know what? I wonder if it was a hit at the box office if you had some if you'd have a bunch of people saying, "Oh, I don't like this movie" because it became mainstream. <laughs> Certain fa- horror fans for sure. <laughs> and you probably right? would. There, there is that. there is that contingent. There is, and that's a, a yeah. shitty contingent. Yeah, it sucks. And it's all about paying a debt, this movie. You have a debt, pay it. It comes through over and over. And I love the fact that Danny quieted it the whole movie. He quieted his shine by drinking. Yeah. Same thing that basically I say that Jack did. That's, yeah. It was the drinking. And that's what brought him closer to her father, his father. That's how he had the connection with his father. He felt that way. He drank, and that was his only connection to him. And something that Stephen King said about the end of this movie, about, pardon me, about the end of The Shining, he goes, Kubrick made everything cold. And at the end of the movie, he froze the overlook. He goes, me, I made the outside cold, but I made the characters warm. And at the end, the place ended in flame. It was all about warm. My, my, mine was warm. Him, he was cold. This is what King was saying about him and Kubrick about Kubrick's film. But Flanagan did it right by making the end of this movie warm and, the, and by making the ultimate payoff be warmth. You know, yes, don't be afraid. Yes. Shine on. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Pay your debts. And the real ghosts are your memory. He goes, you can't lock them up. Remember yeah, when Dick said that? He tried to send Dick line. away yeah. when he showed up. Because I think that woman was already dead in, in her bed. Because she, she was puked. She had od I don't think he Yeah, she, she was dead. I felt bad that he kind of left the baby and stuff. But uh, I don't he think he knew know. she was dead. 
I don't think no, he knew he she was dead either. No, he um, didn't. He did. He was. He was. You know, he was fucked up too, and he was. You know, he took her money sure. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, when he tried to lock that up, when Dick says. Yeah, I brought that up earlier yep. when he when he said he couldn't lock up the Can't memories. That's memories. a that's a great that's a great line. They're the real ghost, and you got to carry yeah. them. But yep. you know what I mean? That's what's great. And the thing is, when they wake up later and he sees them in bed, and what they say, and she's like, they were used to hearing him crying, so they didn't yeah. think nothing of it, and they haven't found us yet. That was fucking haunting. Oh yeah. man! Just don't have the talking baby go. That's See, I like it. It makes it more scary to me, but that's me, I guess. I no, know. just just the way she kind of rolled him over, you could see like his face was like, like you could see he was dead. Like, but that was enough. Yeah, that's fair. It's like the and baby one... crawling at, uh, at at you and McGregor and train spotting. <laughs> Too much <laughs> dead baby. <laughs> surrounded by dead babies. <laughs> Can't have too many of those. One's enough. As far as I'm concerned, right? <laughs> Can't have too many of those. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Gotta so, yeah. sum it up. We're getting long here. Yeah, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, we are getting long. You're right. We're getting long. Long in the tooth. Oh, is it? Wow, I can't believe I was gonna say that too. Holy, did you ever hear that song? <laughs> long in the tooth. Long in the tooth. If you watch The Price is Right, then you're damn long in the tooth. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's a song by Les Claypool. Les Claypool and the, oh, okay. the Frog Brigade. Oh yeah, yeah. Check it out. Purple Onion. But anyway, yeah. Uh, God, oh, what a movie. Nothing's changed for me. I can't give it a 10 out of 10. I cannot go that high, but I can give it a 9.5 out of 10, so there it shall stay. Nice. Nice. I thought for sure, for whatever reason, I thought it was a 10 out of 10, but I nope. I like your rating. I'm a 9 out of 10, which means I went from a 7 to an wow. 8 to a 9 on each Fuck. viewing. Awesome, dude. Yeah. That is fantastic. It, it's and amazing. I, and I think I was a 9 out of 10 the first time. But you know what? I had such an amazing experience with this, and I love it. 10 out of 10. Whoa! Yeah. 10 out of 10. So I don't that, care. It makes it, then, right? Yeah, it makes it. Two yeah, it Hall makes of Famers. Oh, I wasn't. Man. I'm sorry. This movie's too good to not be in the Hall of Fame. My father said he loved this more than The Shining. Wow. What's the there, there are people on our page that I, I, I've already voiced that, and we're, when they said they're looking forward to the show. So that's yeah. fine. Nice. Yeah. Dude, it's, a com- it's a completely different type of movie. Completely I think, but I think the, it's weird how they're perfect oh, together. Yeah, I agree. They're because of that passing of time. I mean, look, you're separating. Yep. You're 40 years apart, and it works because you had a, you know, a right. five-year-old. So at least, you know, it makes sense. Man, awesome. Well, two Hall of Fames. Well, how about that? We did it. Yep. Two Hall of Fames. An epic episode, I think. I mean, it, yeah. it, I think we. Uh, for for the length of show, I think we deep dive enough without going into like Brandon said, frame by frame or scene by scene dissection. It was uh, th- we did it the way we do it. I think we we go all over the place. We don't go linear linearly 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 linearly. What a fucked up word. Linearly. You said it. Linearly. It's shut up, both of you. Did anyone say it? Is that even a word? I think you, you didn't did go, say you didn't it. go li- in a linear fashion. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Took a porky pig. That's all, folks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Nothing but love. We love oh, you guys. That is, yeah, that is all. That's all, folks. That's what I'm saying. You say anything, Brandon? Say goodbye. Everyone, exactly. We love you. Next show. Next right. show. We're doing the den. We're doing the void, and we're doing bone tomahawk. There's your homework. Yeah, time to cut Take it. Okay, the hat, Christian the fedora. <laughs> <laughs>
Love yous. Peace.